If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Sending out good vibes. There's a translucent black wolf in front of me. It's got green eyes and it's growling. And I'm looking, this, this is with me for oh, two, two full days <laughs> and nights. <laughs> okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with Greg Doyle a little bit later. Uh, everything astral travel and all sorts of the astral realm and all sorts of great fun stuff like that. It's a fun one, long one. Um, I think there's a video for it on YouTube as well. So yeah, you guys should enjoy it. And of course, first we got in his nice new Huscular shirt over here. One and only Graham Astral Fanboy Dunlop. Hey, buddy. Fanboy feel, fits because light. Huscular is in, the, the is in the Star Trek or Star Wars writing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice shirt. Fits well. That's from our Redbubble act account, actually. Yeah, they're all from our own, yeah. our, our own store. Now that we're doing YouTube on there. This was designed from a listener, I believe. <clears throat> actually, your was shirt nap. was, too. That one was Nap. Yeah. That made, I cracked that joke that time, and then I wanted a shirt to go yeah. with it. This one I think was, it was a, a listener. So I just so people who. know, it's, not, it's, just a, it's a mix between husky and muscular. Yeah. What else would it be? I think. They, well, maybe they, people don't know the husky thing. Or no, what oh, was the other? Was, what was the other one that wasn't husky? It was uh, beefcake. Beefcake. beefcake yeah. yeah, you like that one. My mic sounds weird. What's going and on? With puffy. It? Did you change? You made some changes on the settings or something? No, I something know. different. Did you change the gate? You changed the gate. You and you and Brody were fiddling with something in the last show. It's fine. You sure? I'm positive. That doesn't sound right to me. So I'm trusting you anything i think i turned your gate down a bit yeah. okay so anyways this was probably my all-time favorite episode for now oh yeah i'm that's sure right. it'll be that's beat again said, yeah. but it, it blew me away there was something about greg and the way he talked about his journey and his in his research and his playing around the astral realm that didn't seem fantastic or dogmatic i mean it was fantastic for sure but it just seemed so uh i don't know balanced or something it was just really cool and I like the healing aspect of it. So do you want to hear my, my dream after this episode? That oh, happened yeah, last yeah, night? yeah. Didn't you like hurt yourself? Yeah, I did. Where are you going? So, so uh, I think he was... Now, I'm going to have to listen back to this or, or maybe do his, uh, his course or something. But I think he was talking about when you're lying in bed... I mean, he talked about practicing this through the day, throughout the day, but he talked about when you're lying in bed, feeling the energy around your body, like feeling the energy above your head, as in your, you know, you have your, your astral aura. body, your aura, right? Yeah. So I was trying that and I was thinking about in entering into either a lucid dream or an astral state that night, but I was pretty fucking wound up from this. I, I, it was hard for me to go to sleep. I was pretty 
excited, like this kind of reinvigorated spiritual practice for me, really, this mm-hmm. episode. So I was having this intense dream. And I was with a bunch of D&D guys, I think, that I played D&D with. And we're in this fucking adventure. Which one? Aren't you in, like, three different little D&D worlds now? Well, different worlds. Well, this wasn't about that world. It was about a contemporary world. Okay. And one of the guys was saying, let's go to this, like, heavy heavy metal music festival thing. And we were in a thing where we could choose to go over there. We could choose. And I was like, no, it's too. we won't be able to visit with each other. It'll be too loud. So we're just going to continue down this other thing. So I end up in this. And it, and it went on for a long time. And it was one of those adventure dreams that seems pretty real. And I kind of feel like, I think we were talking to Greg about this, where I'm lucid, but I don't really care. No, I'm not technically lucid, but if I was, I wouldn't really try and change it. i just go along with the dream. Right? Mm-hmm. So we're in a fucking aircraft hangar type thing. In a plant, in a way. And there's, it's that X-Files, it's that fucking plane from the X-Files. The, you haven't watched the new X Files yet? No, right? I haven't watched any. That's of kind of in there. I haven't even and finished the fuck, last. Season. It's a fucking, it's a black budget secret plane with this huge, massive exhaust on the back, and it's this big triangular shaped thing. It looks like it's more out of Star Wars than a than a plane. And Jay Dyer's there with us in your and dream. Sh- yeah, and he's showing. And there's a bunch of other people that are there that we know through the podcast or whatever. And he's explaining to me how these sentient parts from the aircraft like the aircraft is made up of these parts Maybe he came that, and are, you. that are sentient and they're moving like they're interacting with you so the machines are like nano sentient nanobots that are and that are interacting with you and i was interacting with these engine, you're dancing engines. no 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 just like saying hi kind of thing <laughs> did they say hi I don't know. They just sort of, they didn't really talk or anything like that. Mm. So it was about this, this machine that was intelligent and sentient and it was like a quantum nanobot kind of thing. It could rip you apart at any second. And then Jay Dyer was there trying to explain stuff and how there was a bunch of people that were in the know, kind of like they knew this, but it was okay that, that we all knew this. So it was kind of secret, but not really secret. And it went on for quite a while. And then I wake up with a fucking cramp in my calf that is unbelievable. Like it's a knot in my calf that woke me up out of this dream. Mm-hmm. And I fucking reached down. I felt my calf and it was just like this fucking hard knot. And I thought, Oh my God, like it's going to go nuts. And he, so I had to do this calm down. Like I just said, okay, I'm going to calm myself down. Just going to breathe. <laughs> What's so funny. So I just started breathing deep, calming breathe deep. down, calming down, like super just calm, a dream. just relax, it's just calm a dream. down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> You were just so my, excited about your my, little black tech And my tree. calf, my calf, your calf calmed down. And then I heard my girlfriend downstairs trying to sleep on the couch downstairs and she had an allergy problem and she was sniffling. Like really, so people won't understand this until they listen to the episode coming up with Greg, but she was really bad sniffle. Like every, like, like sometimes it gets really bad where she can't even stop sniffling. Like it's just dripping. Mm-hmm. So I went into, the, I went consciously into this astral realm i tried like and i and i didn't have an it's like a huge vision or anything but i went into this astral realm this is after your leg about, got better this is after my leg got better and maybe i needed to calm down to get into that space mm-hmm. and i went into this this thing where remember how he was talking about the energy not coming down like as in normal reiki energy would come down like you'd sort of bring down and it he it came the healing energy came up popped through it so i thought about that and i thought i'm gonna push 
or or allow this healing energy to come up through the astral realm, up through her, I guess her body or whatever, wherever she was, sort of like almost like a pixelated burst of. And I did that, and I fucking stopped instantly. Her sniffles. Really? And I was lying in bed, and I could hear it stopped, and I just went to sleep. And then she actually came upstairs, and I didn't hear another sniffle. She came upstairs and back into bed. Hmm. And and uh, my calf. Yeah. So then, and then I went back to sleep, kind of, and I woke up like an hour or two later for work, and I actually talked. I remember you limping into the meeting talk, in the morning. I talked to her, and I said, and the cat. The calf cramp was like a fucking Charlie horse. It was like I got hit You're still in the whining leg about it at work, yeah. For a couple of days it lasted. That's now you have that an ankle problem. never happened to me. Same leg? Same leg. Huh. After I got pins. hit in ball hockey with the ball, I blocked a shot right in that spot. Who blocked shots of ball hockey? <laughs> it was a hundred mile an hour fucking slap shot. Exactly. Who blocked shots in hot ball hockey? And it let it hit me in the spot that cramped in my calf. It's ball hockey. This is the last game before the, the playoffs. Did when you make we, the playoffs? We did, barely, just because somebody else won and lost. It was even out of our Wow, control. you guys are like sick. And we're bad. We're fighting wow. for eight spot. And you're blocking shots. Blocking shots. There you go, Right block. in the same spot. Huh. Not that that's it. That's just a weird coincidence. But and you sprained your ankle. I sprained my ankle later. Not same doing leg? anything. Yeah, same leg. Just twisted it. Not doing much- anything. Just standing on it, basically. It's because you're on this intention diet and just still eating all this crappy food. <laughs> You're softening up. You're holding even because your intentions are somehow holding you even. <laughs> and I thought at first the intention would help you eat better because you didn't want to ruin the food. No, no, like, I can eat anything on this intention diet. Give me another fucking Monte Cristo. Well, somebody wouldn't bring chips into the office all the time. It's, oh, yeah, you're just eating chips. I like took away your chip obsession. You're just fucking slimming down here and stopped eating all the crap. And now I'm. You found it. That. I had a bag of hickory sticks yesterday. That's not so bad. Probably full of chemicals. Though. Oh, guaranteed. More, yeah. more than you think. Guaranteed. Anyways, that was my experience of uh, this crazy fucking dream, and I and then I told Maria in the morning. I was like, I I I heard you sniffling, and I told her about it and all that, and and then she forgot because she was still sleeping. I'll nice. remind her later on. So I don't know, man. That's pretty weird. Swear to God, I believe you. You're all excited the next day. You're, I think you were even texting me before I even got to her. Couldn't wait to tell me about your dream. Really? It's just like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. Uh, so there you have it. There you have it. Crazy dream. There you have it, guys. There's Graham Dunlop's dream. Oh, I should have played the. Uh, fuck. I don't even know where that jingle is now. Oh. Is it real or a dream? What does that even mean? All right. How about a how about a couple of listener synchros then? Synchros? I mean, we really appreciate all the listener emails and stuff, um, especially after the last couple episodes and all the support we've been getting from people and the emails. I love hearing people's feedback and stories and synchronicities and UFO sightings and all that. It's really good. Email me at graham at grahamerica dot com. Got a couple couple synchros ones here. Yeah, I think so. I want a good skull from a synchronicity. Graham reads it out, then Dara might give it to me. Hey, don't you please read it low. Yeah. What you got? Hmm. 
so I almost missed this uh, this email. So people have to be patient if I don't respond to them or I, I miss emails. Like this guy replied to me and I, I completely just found it by accident here. I don't know. Do you have your on with that. inbox organized by thread? I don't like uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and then that's how sometimes you miss it. I think. Yeah, I don't like that. I like there shouldn't have been a there shouldn't have been a not a red. There should have been an unread dot on that. Yeah, email. I switch it. I switch it to uh, organized by date. No, that's how that's how it is. I think yeah. not if it's unorganized by thread. Anyways, all right. Here, so this is uh, good vibes, fellow dwellers of the deep north. I bring to you a fascinating synchro story that is faith based. And I do not wish to upset those who are set in their ways, but this is how it went down. In 2008, I returned to Ohio. Um, let's see here. From Georgia to take care of my driver's license and was visiting my buddy, Sean. We were chatting up. We were catching up and he asked me about my faith, how my faith was going. No, hang on. I'm losing it here. You're losing it. And he asked me about my faith and how it was going, being that I, at the time, was a born-again Christian. I told him all was good, but I was waiting on my first check for my new job in Georgia. We were both in the same boat and needed to get some groceries. We had ran out a ramen noodle and was down and out. <laughs> being in a bum state, we went to our local park in El, El, El Raya, Ohio, to be by the waterfall and clear our heads. As soon as we stepped out of the apartment, Sean noticed a decent-sized stick in the perfect shape of the number four. I instantly felt something in my gut telling me that four was important. In my beliefs, we call that the Holy Spirit. As we came back from the park, Sean asked me about prayer and how it works. I told him it involves a lot, but to, simply, to simplify it, you just wholeheartedly ask slash tell God what's up. Hesitantly, I went on to pray with him and ask God in Jesus' name to give Sean some hope, a twinkle of anything, and I instantly remembered that four, he pointed out, and asked God what to do. At that exact moment, I was led by the Holy Spirit to our little gas station across the street and decided to play our last dollar on a lottery ticket. It sure beats sharing a 99-cent hot dog. So we asked Vicky behind the counter to give us a ticket that starts and ends with a number four on the back serial number. And sure enough, the number four ticket box had four fours on the back. Around it was a dollar. We took it and Vicky asked why the number four. I filled her in with what was going on and she just lit up with a smile and said, well, scratch it and let's see. Sure as shit, the winning numbers were 11 and four on all five spots where the number four around every amount one was four. <laughs> we walked out with our 20 bucks and both Vicky and Sean have a new perspective on life. <laughs> Remember folks, there is someone, something listening and you are not alone. Just like when Graham asked the UFO to show itself again. And it did. Well, my buddy Sean got this second look. Well, how do I not go with a four? That's pretty good. eh? 7.44. A four. <laughs> That's what you're going to rate it at? I'll give it a 7.5. Nice. Yeah, that was a good one. Sorry for the reading there, buddy. It's getting late. It is getting late. Okay, let's do one more then. Just uh, One more synchro. See if we can beat the 
Uh, oof. Should I read this one? You tell me. Okay. Let's see here. Hello, Grimerica. Great job as always, fellas. Before my story, I wanted to address Buddy, who is a longtime listener, Uh-oh. who wrote to <laughs> you that who wrote to you that crybaby note about lying about paywalls and Darren condemning people for stealing the black budget feed. Get over it, guys. Stop being a douchebag and shell out a few dollarettes. Get your Randall Carlson episode. Leave the rest of us alone. <laughs> anyway, back to my lame pseudo-synchro. Last October, my wife started pacifying the kids with some wholesome David Attenborough DVDs, Planet Earth stuff, and my son became obsessed with Nubian Ibex. You know what that is, Darren, from your uh, watching My kid would. Really? Yeah. He went on and on about wanting a Nubian Ibex. So, so much so that he eventually asked Santa for a Nubian Ibex. Santa looked confused. <laughs> I bet. After a couple of weeks of this obsession, my wife gave me some very bad news. Bad news for her, anyways. She told me that her favorite wool clothing maker was going bankrupt. The name of the company? Ibex? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen this. These are little crazy antelope things. Another funny co- occurrence happened after watching the recent X-Files episode where Mulder and Scully were harassed by AI and the CNC and why, what is that? Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young song, Teach Your Children was featured. After this show, I was looking for something lighter before bed and scrolled through the office and picked season two to bring, season two, Bring Your Daughter to Work Day episode. Lo and behold, Teacher Children was featured on this episode as well. Thanks for all you do, guys. I gladly show out the monthly to Grimerica because I truly appreciate your hard work. I hope that more people get over the principle of the thing resistance to paying for content and deliver on the value for value model. And come on, who's going to get your money otherwise? Some bullshit multinational puppet master? That's who. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, eh? Love and light. Vic D. Vicky D. Thanks, Thanks buddy. buddy. Appreciate it. That X Files, like honestly, Darren, you got to read no that. Point you got to watch that X Files stuff. It's fucking. Some, I like how quick some... you actually pulled your point back there. <laughs> well, I don't. I'm not pointing in that way. I'm just like yeah. excited pointing. Um, I haven't even finished watching last year. I'll try. I'm watching. Uh... Shit! What was I watching? Um. I watched the first Roseanne. I watched one of those. It was okay. Well, the, the, the reason I say the X-Files is because they have some creepy, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe X-Files has always been like is this. Is it starting but... to be more like Black Mary? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, kind of. I haven't seen any of those yet either. And the the one about the the blood sacrificing and stuff is very interesting and telling because of the current... Uh, pop culture about that stuff and the vampirism like it's pretty much about that and then one of them has that that phone message from Scalder about the real life ufo disclosure guy and harry reed stuff and you can you have to pause it and zoom it in to actually see what the text says and then the whole black budget ufo thing that i talked about and then the ai one is really interesting because you'll like that how it's fucking ai is tracking Mulder and scully everywhere and really yeah it's super interesting that one Huh, that's the latest one? Maybe no, I'll see. Oh. no. But it's this year? Yeah, this year, yeah. I'll see if I can yeah. find it. Yeah. I have trouble getting into that X-Files this time around. Yeah, it's it a bit Ever different. Ever since that I mean, one I episode just, last time, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. It's not the same, but it's yeah. it's still fun for me to watch it. 
Yeah. I used, to, I used to love the show back in the day. Oh, yeah. You're a junkie. X-Files yeah. junkie. Yeah. All right, guys. And, of course, check out America.ca slash support if you can. Help us keep having these uh, long, uncommercial-filled uh, conversations. Uncommercial-filled? conversations. Don't forget about the UFO quote. We'll get there. Okay. Don't worry, yeah, big yeah, guy. Yeah. We'll get to your quotes. Support the show if you can, guys. If you're getting some value, if you've found some value in one of the 280-some episodes we've popped out, you'd like to throw a little value back our way, there's a bunch of different options. You can do so at america.ca slash support. Of course, if you can sign up for monthly, that is preferred, but there is options down at the bottom. There are one-time donations, there's Patreon options, and there's about 30 different PayPal options. And I think you can even just turn any one-time donation into a monthly if you want to make your own. So... um yeah, there's a yeah. bunch of different things you can do there. There's also um, a bunch of different things in the show notes you can do to help the show that are, don't cost anything. Yeah. Did you mention the black budget feed at all? No, you or? will get that uh, black budget feed, the notorious black budget paywall. You'll be able to jump over it with a one-time donation. You'll get a manual email telling you how to do it and a link to an RSS feed or something like that. Some people got the whole email on the subject line because email program wasn't working oh, properly for a couple funny. days. Yeah. It's like, I'll just paste it. It's you to let me paste in the subject, but not in the body. So I just pasted the whole thing. The and then subject. if people don't get them, usually they email me and then yeah. I have to get to If them. you're waiting for it. it, don't, don't feel bad bugging me. It just takes me a second. I just missed it. Yeah. In the commotion. Yeah. We do everything manually here. We don't have, like, and we, we do everything manually right and we have day jobs. So it's yeah. just a fucking clusterfuck yeah. some days. Yeah. And then, uh, if you can't afford it, send me an email with a story or something, and we'll give you a link anyways. Just ask for it. We could figure out something if you can't afford it, but yeah. uh, hopefully it's because yeah. you really can't afford it and not just because you... Yeah. you want Don't take stuff. advantage of Graham. He's really easy to take advantage of. <laughs> he really is. So just don't take advantage of Graham. Don't take advantage of his niceness. Darren and Graham are going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. This is uh, this is a short one. I stood. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. I still do not know why the high order of classification has been given and why the denial of the existence of these objects has been perpetuated. That was Dr. Robert Sarbacher, November 29th, 1983. 83? Yeah. Huh, that's not even that long ago, 25 years ago. Yeah, do you want another one? Sure. Actually, that was well, yeah, 35 this is a good years ago. If... If one human being out of tens of thousands who allege to have seen these phenomena is telling the truth, then there is a dire need for us to look into the matter. That was Lord Davies of Leek, member of the House of Lords. Uh, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's on the up and up. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, I think we'll cut it short there this week. It is getting late in the igloo. I do have a you know a whole bunch of. Uh, geoengineering stuff to do, but uh, yeah, well, we can I jump guess, into that next week. Yeah, this we'll, is we'll a, save it for one more. Yeah, we'll save it for one. We have a couple short interviews coming up where we could do more of an intro, and I'll just save some of those topics for uh, for that. Yeah, absolutely. So, enjoy this chat with Greg Graham's new all time favorite episode.
right. We're super excited tonight to have Greg Doyle here with us. He's an astral traveler extraordinaire. I think he's been training people in that and, and also Reiki master and meditation and author of uh, Awakening the Giant Within, A Personal Adventure into the Astral Realms. Really interesting stuff. Actually, he was recommended by a listener. Which one? Rohan. I, I actually have the note here. Yep. So it's nice. Uh, some of these are our favorite interviews and, and some of the best is where listeners get us in touch with people. And uh, yeah, welcome to the show, Greg. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to be great to be here. Yeah, all the way over from Australia, right? That, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Oh yeah, that's it. That's it in Brisbane now. So um, it's cool. It's nice. That well, it's not cool. It's warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still very cold here. We're still like minus minus ten in April. It's not going away the winter, but uh, yeah, the connection's good, and it's uh, it's mm. nice to talk to you. I don't know where to start. There's a, there's gonna, we're going to get into a lot of different stuff here. I mean, I guess it's appropriate. Well, we should start to, in the kiddie pool. Yeah, start in the kiddie pool. And just sort of maybe bring us up to speed <laughs> way to the deep with uh, exactly sort of what, you know, there's probably a few listeners that Astral Travel is new because we do cover so many subjects here that, uh, you know, that's always sort of new to somebody. So maybe you could just sort of give us a quick definition of what exactly astral travel entails. And then we'll get into the deep, the oh, yeah. deep we'll, end. We'll we have some, to the deep end. Because we'll we have some to the deep listeners that have some pretty, you know, specific questions about that realm and they've been there. They've been there themselves. Yeah. We'll move quickly to the deep end. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be too quick. <laughs> but yeah. So go, go ahead, Greg. Yeah. Well, look, how I define it would be that astral travel would be the conscious, um, being conscious outside of the body when you're outside of the body, because what I found is through, through my explorations is that we're all leaving our bodies at night anyway. So oh. um, generally before dawn, when I, when, I, when, I, when I first got out, it was pretty weird. I, I was just out there and not knowing what was going on. I was looking at people when they were sleeping, and I noticed people um, had this other body that was kind of coming out of their physical body. So that's one of the reasons I train people. You know, A lot of people in the beginning said, oh, you know, what are you doing to their karma? How dare you? Actually, most people are very, very positive, but I sort of thought to myself, people are getting out anyway, and it's just a question of waking up in this body. So astral, astral travel is really just being conscious in the astral body that is leaving anyway. That's interesting. I don't think I've really thought so about that So that's almost way. the same as lucid dreaming then, except not being asleep? It would be two fingers on the same hand. <laughs> you know, I found that lucid, lucid dreams, definitely in the same bucket, um, where you're, and I have a lot of those where I'm conscious that you're dreaming and you can go to a, an astral state from the lucid state, but you can see the difference. There is a difference Like the astral state is, is uh, kind of hyper real, um, like more real than the 3d state, which was made it really confusing for me in the beginning because it was more real. My senses were more heightened. And then in the lucid dream state, you kind of know you're in a, a, a dream state. Things are moving. Things aren't quite fixed. Um, but we'll get into that when we move toward the deep end, how we can use that lucid dreaming as a springboard. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is pretty amazing because from my point of view, I, I didn't even know, even when people come to Astro workshops, I look at them less so now, but I look at them, I think, why did you come to this thing? I'd never, I'd never heard of astral travel before I worked out that I was doing it because it just started happening one day around 18 years ago with me. And, um, I, I had no idea what was going on. I feel like that's part of the problem is the more, like the more I would try lucid dreaming or astral travel, sometimes it becomes harder in a way. Like I, 
I don't know. Now that I'm, you know, interested in astral travel, I feel like it'd be very hard for me to, and I'm probably got to get this out of my mind, but it'd be very hard for me to, to leave my body. I don't know. I can help get you yeah, there. You're, <laughs> you're probably right. I think, um, you can try too hard. I know, um, I think getting over the fear of it, there's kind of like, well, it's fascinating. Like when I come back in the beginning, I come back from my astral adventures and, um, it's really that that as I said, the hyper awareness that is the signature of astral travel. And I come back and I kind of feel uh, these layers, like of armor, clapped onto me as I come into mortal consciousness. And um, I, I was really kind of pissed off in the beginning because I thought, well, this is crap. I, I don't want to come into this. And I, I kind of, I would just look to get out. I, di I didn't even know what was going on, but I realized that there's a lot of fear, like in the mortal experience, there's a lot of the fear of kind of annihilation, like death being one of the things. And that, that is very much um, kind of fed by the mainstream, this, this phenomenal preservation of the body at all costs, yeah. um, even to the point of slavery. So you've got this, these fears being clapped on you as you come back down. So I think to get to, to kind of deprogram and, and recognize that astral travel is a natural state. Right. Is, is, is part of the equation. Yeah, that makes sense, especially the, in this dogmatic reality we're living in, you know, where as one hand we have people that are interested in these topics and people like yourself that are actually participating in it. And then we have, you know, this society that we're stuck in that, that says that things are only physical and, uh, and, you know, we're still in that paradigm, really. We're still led, led and, and um, trained in that paradigm. Then we have to sort of try and, I guess, break out of that. Totally, for sure. I mean, for me, you know, if we sort of... Um do, a, do a, like a quick cross-section kind of through to the deep end where I am now. Look, in the, in the beginning, I was really confused because um, I was being taken out and, and I, I kind of um, um, I, I kind of almost went mad. I thought, well, what is reality? What is not reality? When I kind of fell off the fence and accepted that, you know, what they call the illusion um, or, or, for instance, what I call what mainstream is feeding at us, when I realized that, Everything main mainstream. This took a while to get there, but when I realised that everything that was streamed at us from mainstream, when I realised that was uh, not the case, when I realised that was the illusion, then I saw it as a teacher. I sort of then I wasn't so angry anymore because I went through that angry phase that a lot of us go through when you kind of wake up. I think you've got to go through that. <laughs> um, no, you do, and I, and I was a naive kind of chap. I was um, I wasn't consciously not on any kind of journey. Um, and it does go into the spiritual kind of realms from the experiences I've had, but you know. And then, then, then a few years ago, I was out of my body, and I'll go. I'll cut straight to this one because it is interesting talking about the mainstream. And I was pulling out of the earth. Often I just blast out. You know, I, I know I'm astral. When you're in the astral, you know your body is asleep. You know your body. You know it's all of a sudden mind awake, body asleep. So if you just like really go limp, awake. then we know that you're in the astral. <laughs> If I go limp and a head collapse, and I've got to watch it because there's a glass table here, so uh, it's happened a few times. No, I well, I actually. Or should I will, we call nine one one? I just need to know. I got to tell you, I did have an astral experience while I was fully awake, and that just blew my mind. That blew my mind. But you're distracting me. Sorry. Um, I want to get. I want to get back to what I was saying. What was I saying? One thing that. This astral, these astral things have really damaged my short-term memory, which I figured would be a good thing. That's right. I was blasting away from the earth. And as I said, I was a pretty kind of naive kind of chap. and not really, um, you know, I was a classical musician originally. I, I'd sort of 
done my own thing, not a political person at all, really. I'm blasting out of the Earth's um, kind of astral orbit, if you like, and all of a sudden there's this incredible band of fear. I'm going, well, what's this? And I see all of these black helicopters and UFOs. I'm thinking, what's this all about? As I'm moving through the fear, you get you often get a lot of downloads. You often get, and you learn to trust as it comes around to your cells, so you often get a lot of information. As I'm pulling out, and there's this tremendous fear, I hear the words, often, and it's often spoken to me personally, I hear the words, Greg, do not get bogged down in conspiracy. For the next year, I am bogged down in conspiracy. <laughs> I, I go from being a kind of, and thinking, hang on, what, what do you mean by conspiracy? And I'd, I'd heard of conspiracy theory, but I realized, chuck the theory off, it was everything that, the, everything that we've been told, um, essentially the big things were, of course, lies, you know, all the way from 9-11 to whatever. And, and that was a big shock to me. That was a wake-up call. Um, and in the astral, I was shown, as I said, I'm kind of getting to the deep end here, but... It has a lot to do with the mainstream and what we've been fed, and I and I and I really got, I got was shocked um, for a while, and I really, as I said, I got obsessed in researching stuff, which I think you've got to go through that. Yep. And then I, I, I and then I sort of thought, well, glass half empty, glass half full here. What do I go with? And I, I just got to go into your own energy and and, and what you do. And um, anyway, but I kind of uh, was also shown this manipulation of energies by certain ET races and certain humans, certain groups of humans. Um, and this, as someone who has just sort of experienced things, kept out of the current of what's going on, and, and, and I've kind of always been a bit that way. I've just sort of been in my own bubble a bit. Um, it, it was interesting to, to witness and to be shown a lot of this stuff, and um, it kind of correlated with a lot of my early astral experiences where there had been a lot of technology in my brain, and I was thinking, "What is this?" and and so, uh, what I what I really uh, for me anyway was to to kind of um, realize that we've got to get beyond that that kind of anger and kind of still it, that's where it becomes mystical and spiritual is to feel inside and kind of look at what we can do not not so much as to fight the system but to kind of um, you know, rise above it, you know, without being... Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of, once again, the mainstream says a person is, oh, what a good person because they've achieved that. So that person is is, is measured in what they've done, whereas ideally you would, um, this sounds kind of a bit glib, but I think it's quite profound. I think ideally we, we do things from what we are. So we're driven to... to uh, take action from from being rather than the other way around. Rather than oh, what a good person because you did that. Do you, you, you know what I'm saying? This this yeah. notion of a good person is, you know, and and the do-gooder kind of concept. So anyway, um, yeah. No, that's still, you guys still there. No, yeah, that's that's there. it. That's that's uh, really interesting. I was thinking about a question before we started because I was thinking, I wonder, like, what do you come out with from the astral realm in this big? truth political like conspiracy thing and then you know you've already started to sort of answer where you do see slope. there's a band of fear there and you see sort of like the inner workings in a way of that and then having to step away from getting absorbed in that because that's where we are i mean we're constantly balancing on that in this in this show i mean i have to we do a little bit of research for all these different topics we do and then you get sort of bogged down with all the 
the bullshit in the mainstream media about geopolitics and it just makes you sick. And then I started taking a break from that. And then, but then you kind of, I feel like I got to get back into it. And I feel like it's a constant struggle when we talk about these things to how to find that balance and, and find being good without having to do something to look good. Like I think is what Greg was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you're spot on there. I think it's walking a tightrope. I think, um, for me now it's tricky because you, when, when things um, aren't congruent with, with how you are inside, like for instance, uh, this is the first time I've lived in a city. Well, when I say in a city, Brisbane is a small city and it's, it's very green and all that kind of stuff. But I've, I'm living in a reasonably urban environment for me, and I haven't been in such for a long time, but I've got more connection here, so that's okay. But for me, often when I'm in uh, areas of um, the populace, um, it's uh, often I'm being beamed with stuff that's incongruent. Like, for instance, as I said, I was quite a naive chap, and I remember being in a supermarket years ago, a lot, not long after the astral experiences had begun, and um, I heard this woman screaming. Uh, so I heard a female screaming voice through the astral to my human ears, to my mortal uh, hearing. And uh, I was thinking, what's going on? I had to leave the supermarket, and I thought, what? And then I, I sort of looked into things, and I realized a lot of the goods that were being produced there were being produced on the back of some kind of human suffering, whether whether the items were manufactured uh, with, with kind of rubbish in them or whether – People who are making them were paid a pittance. So, I, I, you know, through that, like for instance, I eat organic food now, not 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 to be a good person, but because I feel good, and also it does sustain the earth through organic farming. Having met a few farmers and stuff, and um, like it, this is what I mean by um, taking action through being rather than um, through, um, if you like, a responsibility. Yeah. yeah, this notion that oh. I've, you know, I need to to stand up and, and be a responsible citizen. All these things that are beamed at us from the mainstream and through education, and I was a good boy at school for a while, um, all these things I realized, it's actually the opposite. So um, not so much to take offense at it all. We do live in an era when, when I think people get very easily offended. I think I look now at what is being beamed at me from the mainstream and realize, okay, that's a great teacher because it's not that. <laughs> so therefore, anything that... <laughs> the big stories um, are not that. And when I've adventured in the astral and explored some of these themes, because you really can, um, you can go, you can go through time and you kind of see astral imprints of what is happening. Um, I think the future probably shows you alternative realities, but um, like, well, for instance, this is a great example. I remember there was this stampede, this dinosaur stampede that was being, um, it was in the news a bit here and it was in central Australia and they, they said it was remarkable because there are all these prints of all different kind of dinosaurs all in the same place. So it was very unusual and it was all fossilized. And, and so I remember when I was setting up to go astral and so it took about a week to get there and I kind of go through my astral exercises and, and set myself this aim that I'm going to go and visit this dinosaur stampede. Now I didn't have to, well, what I realized is our energy systems are, are incredibly intelligent. We don't need to kind of, kind of dumb them down by talking at them as though there's some uh, subordinate creature. So I realized that my system knew exactly that article. I, I didn't need to research that article um, profusely to know 
for my sister to know what I'm talking <laughs> exactly about because I went once. Yeah. It was yeah. enough, you know. Yeah. And this is simple. Kind of like, kind of like remote anyway, viewing, how you get that little, you know, remote viewers yeah. get that one little thing, and that small intention in that digit or that number, or that thing, is enough for you to go there. It is. It's a question of you know getting that intention through the the, the logical realms into what I call the non-logical realms, is where where the astral thing clicks in the gear. And I found astral phenomenon and and like remote viewing it's all kind of timeless it's beyond time so often it's, uh, these things happen in a split second you know, like people will be speaking in the astral and i'll force my eyes awake because my body is asleep when it's happening and i'll force my eyes awake and their voices just sort of kind of speed up into a little blip and i've experimented a lot with that and i've realized that the time factor just doesn't exist um out of the 3d which which kind of makes sense but getting back to the dinosaur thing I knew I so I felt myself out of body, and often lights or vibrations take me out of body, and and we will get into that because I think the, um, you'd be interested in in the actual um, mechanics. So I'm I'm out of body, and um, I, I once again that I that I carry that intent that the because you're out there and it's such a it's like a little kitten looking out through the hedge of the front yard for the first time. It's always huge, so I've learned to be pretty unemotional uh, mm-hmm. when an astral vibration comes upon me, and actually feeds into this reality where I'm uh, kind of very unemotional, not, 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 um, not um, uh, non-empathetic, just not sympathetic, um, I, I would say. But I'm, so I'm, I'm in the astral and I'm, I'm, I'm like in front of these creatures coming straight for me and I go, whoa, and they kind of go through me, then I'm above them. And, and they look, uh, they're all colors. There's all, they're all down or, or a kind of a feathered or down. And this was years ago. And then a few years later, because of what I do, I met some interesting people from all walks of life interested in astral experience. And there was this guy telling me who was quite knowledgeable, saying, oh, no, they, they, they're finding out that dinosaurs, in fact, were not as we thought they looked. They, they actually did perhaps have down or like it was a beautiful, colorful scene. It was, it was nothing like that the the um, texture that, that scientists give dinosaurs now. So often often information I get in the astral, I will later on research it. Um, so I try to stay, I think it's very much me. I've just always um, been um, <laughs> trying to stay out of uh, researching stuff until it, until it happens. Yeah. yeah. Until... Wow. I think a lot of dinosaurs yeah. had feathers, they were saying now. That's right. Yeah, that's feathers and down. Yeah, yeah. It was like a that's crazy. Feather, feathers. East, and they're like there were purple, there was blues, there were reds, there were yellows. Like beautiful, <laughs> just, just, and none of them look like what they look like these days in the in the museums and stuff. So yeah. you know, yeah, that's a great example. Uh, that is, and that's just one simple example. And um, you know, what I've realized is, yeah, no, go on, go on with the. Otherwise, I'll rant. How um, do you have any like? tricks to go astral for someone who's never done it what's uh, like some tiptoeing into the water because like i don't really meditate or anything but i like to go out of my body <laughs> i like to, yeah. you know i like and w- i'd also be interested in in what your thoughts are on how psychedelics fit in with with astral travel and things like that yeah look um i I've, look i don't even drink black tea um um for some reason, I was obsessed with with being clear, but a lot of a lot of friends have been telling me about ayahuasca and 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 to try the experience. So I, I've never tried psychedelics, but I think from what I've heard and what I've researched, um, very very similar. I think some of the uh, phenomenon that you'll 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 get into. So I think it is a DMT experience because you often feel the sensation of almost dripping 
in the head. I know it's a kind of a weird thing. It's like in the middle of your head, you feel like coins dropping. I, and I, that's how it feels. It's a very pleasant feeling. And I would suggest that was DMT in the, in the, um, yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. I, I tend to feel it's definitely that kind of stuff. So, um, one trick then is to decalcify it. It would seem that the mainstream would be wishing that gland <laughs> not to be particularly active, yeah. uh, to put it mildly. So, uh, like we've got fluoride in the water here. So, like I, I drink um, um, water out of the what do you call water out of the ground um, spring water. So, um, ways of you know looking at what foods and and drinks can help you. I think psychedelics definitely play a role. The fact that they've been clamped down so much by by society, um, and this, you know, uh, compared to why not alcohol being uh, clamped down. So I think, but even when you look, it's fascinating because when you look into the shamanic principles even behind alcohol, alcohol originally, the whole notion of alcohol was inhibition losing, but also this is way back, was that um, the character that would come over you when you're intoxicated meant that that was something that you were to work on. Like it was, you know, if you're an angry drunk or if you're a oh, friendly drunk. So, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I've I've researched some shamanic stuff because so much of the um, experiences I've had have been like with American Indians, which I've had no um, conscious interest. Even uh, it was just fascinating to be have these rituals on lakes with American Indians, you know, with other naked astral people. I mean, just absolutely bizarre and ecstatic kind of dancing. And I, I'm not into that. As I said, I'm a pretty um, oh, well. I'm not a conventional person anymore. But I would have said. <laughs> I would have said I'm just sort of I don't know I just was never really into that. Um, so I think I think um, that was that was in the astral realm or is that just an interest in in that? No, in the astral realm. That was when. So generally, something will get grab my interest. I like that that particular astral experience. Uh, a vibration would come, and I'll get back to that those um, tips to get out of the body. But often you're taken out of body uh, with vibration. So one real mm-hmm. good thing to do is to is to practice listening um, like when you're falling asleep keep your ears engaged imagine listening around your body often you'll hear tones like once this astral being i've got these astral guides that have been there a bit um they, and they, they showed me to to listen to these tones above the head which can help you out your body so um this particular experience with the native americans was amazing um i um was the vibrations came and I felt myself lifted out of the body. That is another signature of the astral experience. You feel yourself lifted. You know your body's sleeping. You feel this vibration and you feel yourself lifted out with the vibration. So it's like you're raising to that vibration. And then this kind of like fog cleared and I heard this boom, 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 really deep drums. Beautiful lake in front of me, amazing pines, mountains in the background, very much kind of a a Northern American, Canadian experience. and then I'm thinking, okay, this is beautiful. The drums are really beating in the heart, and and the heart seems to be often beats hard when you leave the body. So they even say the astral body is the fourth body of the human energy system, which correlates with the fourth chakra of the heart. So there is something in that. Anyway, I'm out there, and I'm thinking, well, but the but the the beating is is quite full on. So you know, there's a, a level of kind of kind of quasi fear, thinking what's what's going to what's happening. I know I'm out of my body, but this is very real. Then I see this. Uh, people, the, the lake's sort of a sudden frozen, and these these people winding along the lake very quickly to me. And then, as they get closer, I notice they're Native Americans, and um, they're beating drums. But when I see them close up, they're smiling at me. And then all of a sudden, I'm on the lake. Often in the astral, you travel, and you're naked or you're dressed in an appropriate attire, depending where you are. And I'm, 
I'm out on this lake and the, the drums are in a circle. There's all these other, we're looking at each other and it seems we're all these other uh, people going astrals, going astral. Um, and we're dancing and it's like, and, you know, it's in this moment, there's hours of this ecstatic dance and this connection. And, and I just can't, and you come out of it often with tears. Like it, that's, that, that's where it is a spiritual thing. Like in the beginning, I was just doing, I, I was interested in the phenomenon of astral travel. You know, I'd be getting out there and, I'd be, I'd be going boo to people. I'd be doing all sorts of stuff because I didn't know what this was. But over time, it's it's shown itself to have some um, spiritual significance. And, you know, so often I'll research things after they happen. And like I've even heard the Om in, in the void, you know, where, uh, where, where I'll, you go into this very dark space. Once again, mainstream says that dark is bad. Um, I would say that's not the case. So I've been into spaces of nothingness, and, and you hear this tremendous lower om, like it's an A-U-M, it's an om. And like, wow, it's like, and you know it's before manifest reality. And, and I researched that years later. Uh, I'm not interested in Buddhism and uh, not interested in any religion, actually. And then um, I, um, you know, it made sense that, that, that I heard the om. It was just like a really low male sound, but octaves low and all pervasive om. And... Um, you know, I don't chant, um, but you, you you hear these things out there, and then you realize, okay, and then, you know, you look into these things, and I've um, met a few Buddhist monks who have, who agree totally with some of the experiences I've had, and and they correlate with their own experiences of being out of body, and they they do astral traveling, um, Australian Aboriginals do it as well, they have, they call it something else, as most cultures do, so... You know, it's the word astral comes from a Latin word astra, meaning star. So it is a star body. It is a body that we're able to use on a cosmological level. And um, all native traditions talk about it. Um, the Sami in Scandinavia talk about it. I've met some people there. And, um, you know, in the Western society, um, we're, we're very much taught to be afraid of the dark. You know, think of a little kid has an experience. Maybe they see something and... And then the, the night light is put on, and it's like, oh, don't worry about that. You know, we'll leave the light on. It's not really talked through. So now I'm meeting in when I do workshops, I'm meeting a lot of parents who are saying their kids are having these experiences, and it's great because now they're they're able to help the kids and and um, not shut it down, you know, and um, not necessarily send your kids to to school where where it's going to be programmed out of you. So what I've realized, a lot of this astral stuff, it's and how to get there is deprogramming, deprogramming all the, the, the whole time I'm deprogramming. So often I'll, to get back to your question about how to get there, I do, I do meditate a few times a day. What I mean by that is I just kind of go into that kind of nice feeling of non-condition. What I mean is feeling good for no reason. And it, and it can sound cliched and glib, but it's really powerful because what I've found is that the human uh, experience is, is very much powered by emotions. The emotions are very much pushed by the mainstream. Therefore, emotions are, aren't what it's about. And I realize that you've got to burn that emotional charge. You know, if something makes you feel great because you got it or something like this, you're going to flip. That's Because that can be taken away from you at any moment. So you've got to, coming out of the astral, you just often feel absolutely amazing. Like, But it's a really deep it is, a, it is an ecstatic feeling, and, and that's touching base with that again and again is more likely to get you out. And I think that's probably what psychedelics can do as well. Yeah, know? yeah, and vibrations. I get that whole thing about the chanting. I mean, the monks were probably doing that <clears throat> with their chanting, and I've had that emotional experience through 
um, sound workshops and sound healing and that type of thing. And, and I mean, drumming, I mean, we, we joke about it on the show, but I was, I was bawling in a concert with a, uh, with a, in a drum solo and something about the vibrations of the drum and the yeah. way it was professionally and artistically done. It just had me bawling, but I wasn't, you know, obviously able to go astral there. And, and then this other workshop where, you know, I had didgeridoos and a bunch of, uh, <laughs> other instruments that got my, physical body and that bliss state active and then my chakras were spinning like it was that that substantial that i physically felt this but i i was trying to go astral then and then i i did i didn't but i understand what you mean about the whole sound and the emotion and all that like i feel like i was almost there maybe or close to it but at least i I mean or maybe i maybe i need to experience it in the physical the physical realm first or something but but yeah it's 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 powerful yeah. yeah It is well, what I think is when I look back to to um, why it started happening to me because sometimes I think people say why why did why did it start happening um, as a as a classical musician I I, I I got introduced in the meditation early on it was kind of um uh, there was a guy his name was Ainsley Mears he was just he was an Australian psychiatrist who'd gone to the east and he he written a book Relief Without Drugs it was a pretty much a I think he'd written it in the sixties it was sort of a um, pretty relaxed kind of book, um, kind of um, bringing the whole Eastern philosophy, but very much in a Western context. And what I found was I could just, if I just relaxed my body, so I was very much um, focused on relaxing the parts of the body um, and then relaxing the mind, um, as in like putting the mind into bubbles or anything you were thinking of. And then kind of just seeing what was there, you know, it wasn't wasn't so much agenda driven. I think a lot of um, so returning to that. So I, I found it was amazing that I could be be really tense, you know, going to go on stage and perform or something. And, and I was really freaking out, you know, still a student at that stage, a tertiary student. And I thought, well, I can't do this because this is taking a massive toll on me. And I think I was pretty um, uh, sensitive as it was. And I found that, you know, after 10 minutes of meditation, I could play better. You know, I could play better music. I, I I, I just, I just was more focused and felt more in the zone. So I kind of became obsessed in getting in the zone, if you like. So getting in the zone meant to, I realized a lot of the emotional debris getting rid of. So that, that was also like, if I was like, I remember a mate of mine at that stage was dating a girl I liked, but I got in sick. So I didn't, I, I, I didn't have the chance to, to date her first. And I got really, I remember this is really, you know, there's a little, there's little inconsequential things seemingly now, but mm-hmm. they were pivotal. I remember just meditating for 10 minutes, being really angry. And you know, when you're, you know, early 20s and you, you know, the whole relationship thing, and I was just so seething at my mate for having asked this girl out when I was sick. And, and I, um, I just thought after 10 minutes, I could just let it go. I just felt really relaxed, body relaxed. And I thought, hey, this is ridiculous. This just doesn't touch me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I was really happy because of something, I would also meditate because I thought that's imbalance as well, because I know it's going to, you know, like a big coffee hit, it's going to hit me. And um, so I did get a little obsessed in that, not for any spirit, spiritual thing, whatever, but just because I thought, well, this is fascinating. What are we? I just really liked the space it took me. I, I really liked that kind of intimacy with myself, that it's kind of equanimity. I mean, that's what the Buddhists talk about, right? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That really resonated with me. I just loved it. And then, then I, if, if I go to my very first experience, it happened um, not until, um, you know, uh, 1999. I remember I was living in Austria, and I remember um, I had um, 
I'd been to a craniosacral person because I'd had a, a shoulder injury and, and she was an energy healer as well. I'd never come across that. And she 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 got rid of the shoulder injury I had. And, and I thought, well, what have you done? She said, you had a block. <laughs> and she was kind of quiet like that. And I and I was kind of a kind of person who needed um, well, whenever once again another conspiracy. When I when I when I research the word cynic, cynic is actually a seeker of the truth. It was a movement of people seeking the truth, whereas now it's been disparaged so yeah. much. A cynic is somehow interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so I was very much someone based on what what I experienced. You know, was truth for me. And I said, "What do you mean you got blocks?" You know, and she said, hey, "You're human. You got blocks." And I said, "Well." Let's look further into this. And I had about five sessions with her because I, I, I actually got fascinated. I had a lot of um, energetic stuff going on. And, you know, I copped a bit of um, physical abuse as a kid. So I think a lot of that was coming out. Like I remember my solar plexus really going mental. And I, I sort of, um, you know, automatically kind of went into a ball and turned on my side and started screaming obscenities at the just out. And I remember the practitioner sort of backed away from the table thinking, is he okay? But it was just this feeling of letting out of energy. And I saw all these memories. So I think this kind of um, primed me for the astral experience. Then um, I've got to tell you, this is a fascinating experience. So this, this um, woman said, look, I think you've had an issue of storing aggression. You know, probably as a kid, you weren't allowed to, um, you weren't allowed to express yourself, you know, when you were being hit and stuff. And so she said, look, I'm going to, um, uh, you, you haven't stored it correctly in your gums. So she puts her fingers, she puts her fingers into my mouth, uh, fingertips against my gums. And I'm thinking, well, this is pretty weird. First mm-hmm. of all, I never went to see her wash her hands after the last client. So, and you know, and then um, that that night, I kid you not, I, I remember uh, my gums were burning. I remember burning, burning, burning. I was just thinking, what is going on? I could feel this kind of my. Um, you know, a lot of guys have really big jaws, and and that's the that's the the the, the notion they they've stored too much aggression there, if you like. So I was just letting it out, and I wasn't able to to store it and process it. So anyway, my gums were killing me. Next morning, I wake up. There is a translucent. This is when it all started. There's a translucent black wolf in front of me. It's got green eyes and it's growling, and I'm looking. This this is with me for oh two two full days. <laughs> And nights. <laughs> so I'm having to operate in this re- reality looking through a translucent black wolf. Wow. Black face with a gray chin. And I knew exactly it was there in front of growling. Now, what it led to me after the second night of this black wolf looking at me, I, I basically broke down. I remember my girlfriend at the time was great. She said, it's okay. You know, I'll, I'll keep an eye on you. Just don't, you know, don't do anything or whatever. And I, I, I was freaking out. And, and this this was the first kind of, the touch of this. I hadn't seen that it was, of course, as a result of this aggression thing. I, I was just going with what with what it was. I had a great fight with my flatmate at the time over a power bill. This guy, because we we're living out in the snow in Austria, and it was a, he had a he had a greenhouse and it was thousands of euros. Anyway, um, I had a really good um, argument in the past. I hadn't argued too well, and I sort of you know when you can't quite express yourself under pressure. And after this argument with this guy. The black wolf licked my face and went to the corner, and I realized, okay, it's not against me. Soon after that, I had my first astral experience where, I, and not only this, within, within, a, within a week of seeing that black wolf, this woman I meet in Vienna, I'm living in Austria, uh, presents herself to me, and she's, um, she's wearing a T-shirt with the same wolf on her shirt, exactly the same, exactly <laughs> the same wolf. And I kind of, my whole body goes into, you know, that kind of, uh, and really those astral vibrations, you really get there, but like, it's like pins and needles on steroids. You know, it's like that kind of 
And I just said, whoa, that, the, the wolf. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm a Reiki master. And I said, what's Reiki? Oh, and, and then no that, way, that, that was how I ended up. That's how I ended up getting into energy healing. That, so it's oh. always weird. That's very obtuse. And I found in the astral this, this, this it's synchronicity. You wouldn't even, it's so obtuse. It's like if you were working that out from, from above, it, it's lame. Like no one would go with that plan. They go, eh, it doesn't quite click. <laughs> We've got to have something more logical. So we often look for very logical things here, and whereas it's beyond that. It's sort of cellular. But that was how, and then the, the very first, I'll, get, I'll tell you, the, the very first astral experience happened not long after that, and I was just asleep. Before dawn is normally when it happens. Uh, and I'm just lying there uh, on my back. Apparently, I realize that uh, when I wake up. But then this light, this light comes uh, to my forehead, and I'm thinking, well, I'm living this in in this apartment that is um, almost subterranean. You know, it's sort of a mezzanine apartment. I, I it couldn't be the sun because you've got to go to the you've got to go to the window and look up to, to look at the sky. But I'm kind of, I'm that lucid. I'm thinking, okay, there's this light coming at me, but it's. I knew it was just before dawn, and and it sort of came right into my forehead, and then it seemed to bring all these triangles. Triangles often figure in the astral, and it was like all of the um, the uh, electrostatic energy behind my eyelids kind of came together, um, formed triangles, and came into this sort of um, this this kind of uh, circle of light, and and then this wind started in my ears. Often in the astral, you get astral wind. And then um, it came into my heart as well. It made me feel great. Like it came in and just went, you know, and I felt amazing. Then it was, there was no voice, but there was a feeling of, do you want to come with me? Do you want to come with us? Whatever that was. I just thought, yeah, hell yeah, let's go. And um, next thing, this wind really gets strong and I'm, I'm going through like a, um, a wormhole. Now, even the expression wormhole, I hadn't heard of that stage. There is another synchronistic thing a, a few days after that, but and I'm, I'm pulled into this um, kind of um, sectioned, uh, very quick, uh, what it would be a wormhole. That's the best way of describing it. Very, very fast. And uh, I'm without anybody at all. This is how it started. And then um, at some stage, I think, well, this is amazing, but when can I get off? And then I get off. And I'm hovering in the atmosphere. Uh, I'd be about, I don't know, um, 100 meters in the in the sky of this atmosphere and i'm looking at these very modern buildings they're not it's not earth they're these um very tall towers that open up and did like disc shape at the top a lot of hundreds of windows all of these buildings they're fixed um from what i see to the the ground they're on it's like a desolate reddish soil planet and i'm it's sort of dusk it's hyper real and now, even in the very beginning, I wasn't so much interested in the content. I was interested in the state of being. That probably helped me because I was not searching for anything. I just, mm-hmm. I just, wow. And so I'm looking at, and you know, a lot of some of these lights are on, some lights are off on these buildings, and and I get this very, very clear feeling or kind of a message that um, that um, there are others. That was, a, and I had, I wasn't a sci-fi watcher. Not interested in aliens. Um, have, I still haven't seen all of the um, Matrix trilogy. I, I'm not. That is not me by nature. Um, but it was very much a feeling of there are others now. Now, and I come back from this experience very blissful um, in my heart, feeling amazing. Tears of ecstasy. I, I awake, and I and I knew when it started that my body was asleep, and I was hyper awake, and and I knew there was something profound had happened. Now, once again, a few days later, not a week later, 
walking past a video store in Vienna and I see the movie Contact. Now, if anyone's ever seen the movie Contact with Jodie Foster, great movie. I watched this movie and I was brought to tears when she's going down a wormhole. Yeah. Very similar experience. It was a first contact experience for her in the movie. And I tell you, it it just, my whole body, once again, like the wolf, just went crazy. And I realized it was, um, there is an ET association with our story experience and it was definitely a first contact experience. Absolutely amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's what some, one of the, one of our friends of the show was in one of our chat rooms recently and he's asking about entities that you've seen and, and cause he's, 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 I think encountered some, some beasties in that realm. And, uh, and it kind of bleeds into another question I want to ask about, about people, you know, you mentioned being afraid of the dark and, and, and there's people that have real encounters with, something in the night like um uh, succubus or incubus or anything like that i mean do you have any i don't even know what the question is really just comments on on how to deal oh, yeah. with deal with those things or did you encounter anything like that negative or negative entity you know? yeah. yeah absolutely it was it was uh look i i tell people when they say oh that's scary because i think getting i know a lot of the courses i do most people are freaking out because of, they might have had a field of experience like I remember one time I, I kind of woke up in my astral body uh, and while I was in bed and there was this woman on top of me going for it, you know, and she was in this yellow leather and there's this other black leather woman that was screaming and, and I recognized it to be, um, you know, a succubus kind of thing. And uh, as soon as I saw her and looked at them and was conscious of them both, they both got a shock and flew out. And, and oh, that, that wow. often happened in the beginning. And also little monsters appearing at the end of the bed. Look, I used to swear at them. I used to flick them aside. Uh, you find yourself saying weird things like in the name of Jesus, all this sort of stuff. It all happened. It's all there. What I, In the lower astral, what we term the lower astral, so you've got my perception is this. In this 3D realm, which time is very much um, one of the defining factors of it, um, when you vibrate at an oscillation um, that, is, that is higher than this realm, you go into like a, through the low densities. Okay. Those low densities are, have really been loaded by certain entities, by fears of humankind. Um, they're really loaded to keep people too frightened to have this experience. Constantly fed through emotions. A lot of ghosts are there. Oh, and, and look, I was freaked out for ghosts a long time. Like, give me a monster, give me an ET any day, but don't give me a ghost, you know. For a long time, that 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 freaked me out Um, for some reason. That, and I think that was the connotation of, of programming of ghosts as a kid, you know, maybe. Um, you So you get out into these what we call lower realms, and, and all of these myths, like, uh, you know, like the these fairy tale monsters, they're all there, dragons. Um, and it's a... And the funny thing is, I'm not into computer games. I remember once getting obsessed in Mario Brothers for one weekend. That was it. Just did me. I just got obsessed for twenty for 48 hours and then never did them again. Um, Super Mario Brothers game. You know? And um, was it it's number a little three? bit like, oh, Jesus. I don't I even know what years ago. Oh, man, I remember my girlfriend saying, Greg, you got to get off that. Oh, I was house-sitting a place in Vienna. It was a sensational apartment. And I just was at a you know, beautiful apartment. I thought, let's get on. They've got Mario Brothers on this massive TV, you know, before massive TVs with the Norman. I'm going, this is sensational. She said, Greg, you've been <laughs> there for eight hours. We've got to go home. I said, no, leave me alone. She was good. She just leave me alone. 48 hours. Did it, did it, did it, did it, gone. Um, very addictive. Um, but it's a little bit like that. It's almost like 
you know, I, I hate to, to say, but almost like levels, like what can you hack, you know? And I, I think if I smack my head in the door frame, that's more of a shock than seeing a monster. Now, the taxation system is scarier than an ET. That's how I put it. So we put up with so much stuff, yet we're scared of this little stuff. Now, where it all got to was this. Um, as I said in the astral, I would come across these entities and there was kind of a low vibration and a bit scary because it's full on in your face, like rawr, at the end of the bed. Or um, I got to a case where I was coming out of body and I was in the, in the void and there was this uh, woman uh, and I, um, look, she was more, of a, she showed herself as a, as, a, as a more feminine being than a male being. And, and she kind of like a Medusa, you know, she had this, once again, I've researched this later, she had this like hair that was, made of her skin was made of maggots and the the astral smell is strong and her stench was off she was vile her face was like the eyes were moving like any horror flick you've seen and i don't see horror flicks times a million it was horrifying i'm out there night after night and this this being is opposite me and we're both hovering in the void and she's throwing balls of energy at me and hitting me and i'm waking up in pain you know, enough pain I could cope with, but enough to wake me up and to go, ooh, that, that's, that hurts. And I thought, okay, three things here. Well, three things. I, either one, I'm going mad, um, or two, I've got to get help, or three, I'll just keep on battling. So this happened for a while. What I found, someone said it sounds like Buffy the Dragon Slayer. And I said, well, I don't watch the show, you know. But that's interesting <laughs> to have a show who's about this kind of thing. And I'm out there. And I've, I learned that I could, so the balls of energy were coming in. I learned I could kind of muster up these balls of energy and kind of, um, you know, like a, a meteor strike. I could kind of meet hers before they hit me. I couldn't hit her directly, but I could stop her from hitting me. This went on um, night after night. Like, you know, I'm talking for, say, five nights. So as soon as I'd, um, I'd fall asleep, then maybe before dawn, the vibrations will come. I'd be in the void. There she is. Yeah. Were you like scared um, to go to sleep or anything like that? Was it like traumatic at all, or was it fun? Like, were you, or were you like, to I'm going to get this bitch tonight, Luke yeah. Kang style, like Street Fighter? A bit of that, a bit of that, because that I tried like the, it... the whole, I tried the whole FU approach with her, and, and it wasn't working. So I thought, because that, that did work to some to some degree with some, you know, you're just saying piss off, whatever. But anyway, I um, then this woman um. She, she said to me, Greg, you're getting good at the whole defending thing, aren't you? And then we kept fighting again. I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa she knows my name. In the asshole, I often call you by name. And, and I thought the whole defending thing. I remember thinking during the day, what is she, the defending thing? What does she mean by that? And um, anyway, I'm out there again. And then her face is right by mine. And, and it sounds, um, once again, cliched. It's funny because anything often that is um, – that does go into spiritual things is often poo-pooed, I think, by the mainstream because it is actually <laughs> something worth. But anyway, she's she's right by me, and it's 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 disgusting. I thought I'm going to pass out astrally because this is a disgusting creature. The eyes, you know, the pupils are moving. This, and then all of a sudden, I it's not a conscious decision. This is what I mean by acting from being or doing. So my heart does feel a wave of empathy for her. It wasn't a conscious decision. I don't know why I felt that because. Um, she was very disgusting, and um, and and she freaked the shit out of me. And um, but I felt this relaxation in my heart, 
and her face changed to absolute radiance. You know, just the classic kind of wow. beautiful, kind of like um, yeah, just a beautiful um, like kind of uh, Mary Mary Magdalene kind of thing, or what kind of was? I know. And then she said to me, Greg, you see, it's all the same. I remember thinking, coming out of that experience and knowing that there was no such thing as evil. Fuck. Not that I've even given much thought to evil. And ever since then, I haven't been hassled. It's just so, so it's so, and it does sound cliche, but like, again, like to have that love in your heart or love the enemy, all that like yeah, deep religious stuff, it, it seems to come, come around and sort of make sense. Yeah, but Nazareth it does kind hurts. of make sense. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. And I think that's what can often scare people off with this notion of, oh, that sounds a bit do-gooder or whatever. But as I said, it wasn't a conscious. I really think we're taught um, as beings to be intellectual. I realize the intellect has nothing to do with it. I realize uh, we're intellectually programmed at school, and I, I think that's not the right way. I think, um, for instance, when often one of my first experiences in the astral, these guides were taking me out. Um, and, and, and this woman, anyway, the, the, the end of the experience, she showed me the energy systems and I hadn't heard of the aura or chakras and she was showing me all these things. I just thought, wow, that's amazing. And so you can actually see them. So the astral body, um, is kind of lit up by this light and these energy vortexes. So a lot of the astral experiences, uh, you can bring them on through doing chakra breathing. It's very real. And I yeah. wouldn't have believed that had I not heard, you know, even the word chakra, um, like she used expressions that I, I wasn't a new ager. I'm still, I still wouldn't call myself a new ager, but she, um, yeah. So the, uh, energetic, what I, why am I talking about? Well, that? I wanted anyway, to, I wanted to expand on, on your part about you not consciously, uh, making that decision about opening your heart, but I, but you were contemplating the question you know, you were, you were, you were consciously that day saying like, what does she mean by defending? Like you, I think you, you almost opened yourself up to the next level of yeah. solution or whatever. Yeah. And that, that must've been now, now you know that, okay, no more defending. How can I open myself up or something? So you're, you know, you're in so. defense mode yeah. and then you, you know, you, you said, well, that's not working now. What, what does she mean by that? And then you kind of open yourself up. So, so, and then I wanted to ask a little bit more about advice for somebody that's, having those low density, you know, lower astral realm encounters with succubus, um, that mm -hmm. type of thing, or even maybe this, this friend of ours who's traveling and, and meeting beasties and stuff. It doesn't sound like he's scared, scared of them necessarily, but can, can, can they then, then try and try and, um, you know, increase their vibration and get to a higher realm or can they meet, meet these, are they stuck in a lower realm or can they meet these 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 monsters in a, in a higher realm where they can uh, accept them yeah. or or fight them or, or or push them off? I mean, I because I, I know people that just can't get out of this situation. Yeah, I think I think um, I think you're right. I think it has to do with what I've realized. A really good training ground for the astral is this reality, the three D reality, because uh, for me, because these other realities are more real, as in your mind's more focused, uh, your sense of smell, hearing, sight, everything, no comparison. So for me now, when I realized that the 3D reality is a pale realm, it didn't, for a little while I was, um, you know, like I'd come home, I just want to go astral. But, but w when I came to realize that um, we can um, influence this realm from that realm directly, 
which is one of the really good applications of astral travel in terms of healing and in terms of positive stuff, you, you tend to get um, uh, uh, promoted or helped. But um, I would then use this realm to prepare me. So every day I'm preparing for my sleep, just oh, as in this yeah. lifetime. Life, this lifetime I'm preparing for my death. So yeah. every day, is, every every time you go to sleep is a mini death. So what I'll do during the day is. Um, well, more and more I find I'm only mixing with really nice people because of what I do. And a lot of people said, oh, you're probably going to mix with a lot of fruitcakes, you know, because when I, <laughs> I wrote this book a few years ago and I kind of, that was my coming out. I hadn't talked about my astral experiences uh, openly with friends even until I wrote that book. And um, what I found is that is quite the opposite is that uh, people are really nice. And um, for instance, I remember meeting a politician who I wasn't particularly enamored of their politics in Australia a few years ago. And I thought, you know, I'll give it to him. I'll give him a few questions. I met the guy, and when I met him, and then once again, it sounds cliched, I just saw what a lovely bloke. I thought, why am I thinking what a lovely bloke? What the hell? I was really pissed off at myself, you know. It was a while back, and I just sort of looked into his eyes and had a chat, and I just thought, no, nah, not going to get into a battle here. I just thought, oh, you know, we're all – it's kind of like after the battle, we're all arm in arm saying – that was pretty funny, wasn't it? So I know that sounds – pretty detached and and um but i think um well, i not, think the world needs a lot more of that to be honest yeah, yeah i yeah. think that's and more of the way we should be heading well i think so and it doesn't mean you're going to be a passive i mean no it's good to i love to bliss out don't get me wrong but i find um when you start to genuinely kind of see yourself in others or when you see that um we're all going through this bloody weird experience it is that does have a lot of forces manipulating us as well so you, you kind of let people off the hook a bit and even monsters you know um, <laughs> i've seen the funniest thing so i think if people use this 3d reality as training ground for the astral so i do all the time i'm constantly looking at my energies if i feel if i'm going into um it's a sticky reality this 3d so i will use you know white light violet flame blue light around me i will use some of these things i know it sounds defensive but I see it as more um, kind of um, uh, it's kind of promoting me, my energy, because it's a sticky reality. A lot of people unconsciously are carrying stuff. What I found is if I'm in a shopping center, if I do put just a bit of protection around myself, I would call it empowerment. I find that people's eyes are le- and my eyes are less likely to make unconscious connections. So what happens is I've analyzed what actually happens physically. So if oh, I'm going, really and why is something to get drained? Yeah. yeah, so the eyes are, are very powerful chakras. Yeah. So say you're in a shopping center, people walk past you. Shopping center, once again, a lot of the stuff there is materially based. We know all that. I like my stuff. I've got a levitating moon on my table right next to me. I mean, <laughs> but I'm not too obsessed. And, of course, I know it has its limitations. But um, you're walking past people who have their own dramas, and, and you you often get that little glimpse of the eye. They don't even know what's happening, but there's this unconscious energy current going between you, so you can feel drained after it. So I found that when I put when I put some uh, light around me, and obviously this light does carry stuff, because if you're in the astral and, and you call for white light, it's actually very powerful, even though it is a program as well. So um, I found that I'm less drained. So anything that helps you, like you know, a, salt, a bath in salt water, if I feel that I'm particularly heavy, like when I, as I said, every night is a mini death. When I go to bed at night, I want to be as conscious as I, as I can when I go to sleep. I want to feel as good as I can. I don't want to take other people's uh, trauma with me. So if I feel there's something really heavy there, I will command from the God being within me to leave me. Yeah. And I will often feel it wriggle out. I will feel something wriggle out. Now, 
So there are beings in the lower astral that are kind of, um, you know, little energies that are jumping in occasionally, like you, even certain emotions are energies, you know, think of what is a spirit, you know. So and it's, they, they, they get into a person because they can be focused at. People look at them. They, so like, you know, some mannequins have got energies in them or, or certain objects because those objects are getting attention from from humans, you know. So that's why those objects are – every object has some energy anyway. But I found um, – I'll ask it to leave me and, and I'll really sense into um, what is not me. So constantly during the day, not as a chore but more as a game – I will constantly rid myself of what is not me. So that by, by the time I go to bed, I feel pretty good. And then if I want to go astral, I kind of relax my body as much as I can and then put that intention out. So I find if 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 you're as clear as you can be when you go to bed, um, you know, and meditating during the day helps you not be so quite so tired at night. Because, you know, a lot of people, they go to work, they have a drama, they come home, they turn TV on and they put more drama before they go to bed. I mean, it, it sounds cliche, but it really is programming. You know, it's just programming the drama that drama, the relentless drama. Um, and on that note, what I found is lucid dreams are an incredible tool also into the astral. Now, I've been lucid quite a bit. What I find early on is I'd have a lucid dreams and I would think, oh, I can control the dream. Then I got to the point, um, it first happened, I actually I was first woken up to this in, a, in, an, ast- in an astral experience. I, I'd... Um, I was in the astral, and these two guys, I just read my book, whatever, and I was about to fly over this beautiful kind of molten lake in the astral, which you often get presented with these beautiful kind of silver lakes. And I was about to go over it, and there was these two guys behind me, and I thought, this is interesting. There's a bit negative charge there, and I'll always confront it. So I turned around, and they were sort of coming at me. I thought, okay, I could, I could fly away or, or I won't. And they said, oh, you're having a samsara moment, huh? And I'm, I thought, what's all this about? What is this samsara? <laughs> I didn't know what samsara meant. Anyway... I let them come toward me, and they started to destroy me. Now, it sounds pretty weird. Once again, forget the logical go. As they did, they looked kind of shocked, and I felt this incredible bliss, this incredible ecstasy. And they kind of look at me going, what the hell? Then I thought, okay, next time I'm in a dream, I'll, I, will, I will try something different. So I'm in a dream, and there's this protagonist. You know, I see it as an aspect of my psyche, you know, coming toward me pretty angry, and I just sort of let him sort of come toward me and kind of merge with me, and once again, I felt this ecstasy. So I learned in dreams, if there's a drama, I'm absolutely passive. If I'm about to crash the car, I allow the car to crash. I had one classic one where not that long ago, I'm about to crash into a cliff going too fast, and um, I said to my wife next to me, I knew I was dreaming, and I said, sorry, (laughs) as I went into the cliff. And as I kind of, you know, went through the cliff, and I could feel this incredible um, bliss once again. So you know, if you get lucid in a dream, let the worst case scenario happen. Um, and more and more, you I let the drama go first. It, No, that's weird. That's what I've been, I've been. Just to make sure you're not like awake and you just but, like dozed off for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I know what you're saying, but this, this phenomenal charge. Or you know, you to, just know in your deeper self you that know, it's not real, you know. right? Yeah. No, because that's what happens with my, my, my lucid dreams blend into real dreams because I actually don't yeah. try and control it. I just go with the flow a little bit. And then it almost that's blends, cool. it almost blends into a real dream. That's just sort of a cool dream. Like I just kind of go along with it, but yeah, then I kind of lose that lucidity and it just becomes. You're going to hit the ditch work tomorrow. Yeah. Like, just oh man, I hit the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was dreaming. So I, to- I totally get what you're saying. Cause I- I'm, 
Usually yeah. I'm fascinated enough with the dreams that well, I'm Well, you were flicking light switches at work like, forever, right? That was yeah, like well, the... I was trying to, am I dreaming, am I dreaming, and all. Trying to train yourself through the day to become yeah. lucid by habit. Absolutely. But, yeah. It's a great, that that's a great lever. I mean, I, I'll often, I will, I will I, look, a little bit like I was saying before about this, we know when there's a whole, there's no evil kind of thing. And you're right. I kind of carried that with me during the day when I was thinking defense. I think to walk around like a question mark the whole time is good in, in, a, in a playful way. So I'm constantly question, questioning this reality at all times. I'm constant, constantly looking at what is this reality, um, the leaves moving. I, you know, I, I'm constantly questioning. And I think that, and, I, and I'm asking myself, am I awake now? What does that wake actually mean? And then, then when you're in a dream state, if you do ask yourself, are you awake in terms of, you know, 3D or sleeping, you know. So what I realize is there's a glitch built into our program to let us know if we're in a dream. Now, I, I feel that, and, and just the same way, often in the astral, I'll hear my higher self talk to me. I call him my higher self because um, he's, he has my own voice often, and he speaks through a kind of resonator, and he knows more than I know um, <laughs> about stuff. So so I don't, I mean, the higher self is a loaded expression, but it's a, I would say he's um, a higher realized aspect of me. And I feel he's wanting me to wake up. And the same way, you know, the Aboriginals here talk about the dream time. And more and more I realize, geez, they're onto something here. This is just a dream time. So I want my own dream self to wake up. And so I'm putting that through the realities to me. And I'm and at the same time, that is helping me wake up to my the higher aspect of what I am. So I see the whole thing as preparation for not coming back into amnesia. Um, that doesn't mean you don't, um, um, necessarily have to be totally inert to what's going on. You know, I think, as I said, raising vibration and working with that in this realm is, is going to help things, but I realize it's not going to be through the fight. Like often we're taught, you know, resistance, we're taught to be angry. You know, it's almost like, um, the mainstream, you know, think of how many revenge movies there are, you know, from Mad Max to those drive me nuts. It's okay to kill. It's okay to kill two hundred people because somebody killed your son or whatever. You know, like where? Where's the fucking? Where does it even even out there? You know, that's right. And it's it's just just built into our culture that it's okay to get revenge and kill, but you know, it's not okay for them to kill. You know, kill people you love. I mostly just watch like BBC documentaries (laughs) over and over and over again if my TV's on. But that's, I mean, shit's getting killed on there all the time too, man. I'm watching shit rip other shit apart. Oh, yeah. And, and, and we know there's something compelling. I remember even years ago I was, I was living in, in, in Spain. I remember watching the uh, Revenge series because we had ABC on the American ABC on. And I remember it just went on and on and on. And I thought it is fascinating, though, this whole archetype of, of revenge within us. Like, you know, so many movies get us fired up, you know, like, yeah. And what is it that we're so pissed off about? So it's kind of, um, it's just the archetype and the energies. And what I realize more and more is that, uh, emotions, um, the emotional body around the human being, particularly working as a Reiki person, energy healer, I realize is kind of like an imposter. It's kind of like, um, very much connected to, to the, um, to the karmic experience, uh, you know, that is good, that is bad, reward, punishment. And that is very much bringing us back again and again. So I feel that, for, you know, and this is getting pretty heavy and spiritual, I guess, but I feel that for humans to, to kind of evolve 
uh, to 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 another vibratory step, we've kind of got to let go of that emotional thing. It doesn't mean you're going to be cold-hearted. And well, I say this because I used to meet, I used to have these elevators that rock up at the end of the bed. And often in, the, in my astral experiences, they'd have um, chapters. Like I go through chapters of the same experiences kind of but with, you know, like similar beings. And I remember um, this elevator would be at the end of my bed, like in the elevator. Literally it felt like an elevator, you know. I'd leave my body behind, get in the elevator and go up the elevator and these eyes would look at me at levels, sometimes pairs of eyes, and it was like they were, I remember being pissed off thinking, you know, um, these spiritual, um, what do they call them, um, you know, outside um, discotheques, you know, bouncers. It was like they were spiritual bouncers, you know, <laughs> testing my level. Of, and um, I remember I'd come out and I'd meet with these guys, and um, when I first met them, I thought they were cold-hearted. They, they actually looked human. But they weren't, and and we'd always talk through the top of the head, and uh, I thought it was interesting. So it was it was very telepathic. In fact, all of the creatures uh, I've spoken with, um, it's not verbal. And then I think, geez, the whole intellect talk. Uh, hang on, talk isn't even a human sense. We've got five senses. Where does talk come into it? It's like, what is this whole intellect thing and talk? So what I find is I, I would meet with these people around the table. They didn't seem to be particularly, um, you know, lovey-dovey in, in that kind of ha-ha kind of way. Um, and I found they talk – so they talk on issues, and I had no idea that what they were talking about. It was – I understood their words. It would come into English, but I had I just had no idea. I remember it came around to me, and I remember it was my turn to talk. And I remember thinking, shit, what am I going to say? I've got no idea what I'm going to say. And I was panicking, you know. And then all of a sudden, this incredible calmness and this, these words came out. I mean, I, and I talked about the, the situation on Earth, about the, um, you know, the unequal distribution of resources. And I, I, talk, I, talk for, I talked for some length. Um, you would call it quasi-political. I don't know what you call it. Something that I hadn't actually engaged with uh, on an intellectual level or, or consciously. And I thought, this is interesting. So they were just kind of, uh, these beings were kind of, sounds negative, but they were not sucking, but they were, we were connecting. What was coming out of me was just um, the information that was there. Yeah, were they pulling it um, out or were you sending it out? Was it some sort of, of fuel? Yeah, yeah. Were they yeah. using it to it was fuel almost like something? They were, it was like they were pulling it out. Uh, and then this often happened, even with when I meet kind of uh, non-human looking beings and and I just thought, wow, that's absolutely fascinating. And um, it, when, when I was like, I felt pretty good with these beings after one. I realized that it wasn't so much that they were heartless. They didn't have emotional bodies. So when I when you looked at them, they kind of had nothing. There was more transparency, so you could look straight into their eyes. There was no kind of layers. There was no ego, I guess you could say, mm. on a simplistic level. There was nothing, no defense. There was no uh, fear of programming. And so they didn't. You know, once I asked an ET, like a grayish kind of character, they're not all bad. They're, they're actual artificial intelligence, from what I found, as we are. That's that's the deep end. <laughs> but um, what <laughs> what I found was, I said, why why how come you don't? The questions that came out were fascinating. One of my questions was to this kind of grayish um, being, why do you have no sense of humor? And he said, and often they'd speak, and it's like through um um. A, um, like through a resonator, and it's a language I don't understand, but then my brain um, translates it. So it was like a... And um, the words were, um, because we don't need a coping mechanism. And I just thought, because you don't need a coping mechanism. 
And I thought, that's interesting. That's why they, that's why they say they have no humor. So I found those, these beings before that looked like us but weren't humans and who were, talked telepathically, they just didn't have uh, that coping mechanism. And I found after a while I actually really liked them. And I remember I didn't want to leave. Um, the last time I was with them, I said, I'm not going back. Um, that was when I had a, still a bit of resistance to this um to this realm and it was really funny and they said oh look you'll be back soon you know get get you know get over yourself you, you're you're okay kind of stuff and <laughs> they kind of they kind of kicked me into the vortex if you know what i mean like you know you're sucked back into your body but um i i found a lot of people tell me uh, on another theme that you know it can be dangerous to go astral i've tried everything uh, if it's your time to go it's your time to go you, you are connected to your body and you know it if your body is, is in any kind of danger, not even danger, if there's noise in your physical environment, you get pulled back. Yeah. If there's something that, you know, so you know what's going on. Uh, you're not going to, no one's going to body snatch you. Um, if, you're, if you're probably a schizophrenic or prone to psychotic episodes, I probably would do these exercises, but then you wouldn't do that anyway. That, that's, you know, why would you do that? <laughs> so, um well, yeah. what what about the silver cord thing? I mean, we had we did have an episode where we talked about, uh, you know, death by the cutting of the silver cord. Yeah, yeah. If it's your time, it's your time. I mean, if you want, if you really want to do it, um, you do it. Uh, th th there does seem to be cords to the chakras. I found that like um, it can be maybe the third eye, or it can be. It tends the astral experience. I think the cords are actually to do with the wormholes and. And to do with the chakras, and they take you to different dimensions. So I think you have different experiences depending on which kind of chakra you leave. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So yeah, how how yeah. how long how how frequent are we talking about now in your normal life or the last few years? Like, are, is this like a a daily, a weekly thing? Or and then and then sort of expanding on that part of it, just to get give people some context over your your training sessions and actually pulling people into to doing these techniques. Is it? Like what? What kind of success rate are we talking about, and what? And how frequent will people start experiencing this? What I found is about um, we, if we say say if, they, say if there's like ten people in a workshop, uh, I found a couple of people will have experiences in the next few days yeah. after that. Yeah. So, because um, in the beginning, I remember when I came back to Oz after I read this book and. Someone said, can you come and talk? And I thought, well, I hadn't talked on the subject. And they said, oh, can we do workshops? And I, and I said, I'm not sure if people can learn this, but I, we, I gave it a crack. And I found that, you know, you get you get a, a reasonable hit rate. And what I found is because it's been so positive for those who have experienced it, it's it's worth it. Um, so for, for me, in the beginning, it was happening a lot. Um, uh, now, probably every couple of weeks, I don't really look for it, to be honest. Um, a lot of people tell me that who I've met um, in workshops or whatever, they tell me, oh, Greg, like the other night someone wrote me and said, oh, you, you came and got me out of my body last night. Thanks. I don't remember doing that. Right. And, but I do often I do often recall astral experiences or I'm astral and I'm taking people out. So it seems that... Um, that's what I'm doing. Since on, you've been training, since different. you've been training, maybe more of it's unconscious, or yeah, yeah, more wow. of it's unconscious. Wow. So it is interesting, and and I think that like the fact is we've we've all got astral bodies that are doing stuff. Like a, a early on, I remember going to these frequencies would come, and it, they didn't sound too nice. It sounded like a jet, like a uh, like a you know that sort of fighter jet. Mm -hmm. 
and um, and I went out with the vibration, and 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 I all I see all these astral bodies, and we'd be going out onto these massive ships, like ships are, that are huge, and wow. I, lots of astral, and I had to really stay above it to stay conscious. Once again, this was like a chapter. I went out many times there. Now on these ships, they were kind of like um, like I've got a Mac in front of me. You know that gray on the Mac, that kind of uh, gray, kind of flat. Uh, metal, were, a lot of it was that kind of color, the ships inside. And um, the beings in there were tall, they, they had uh, white hair, they had white skin, and uh, they would have been over seven foot. And um, they only talked telepathically. I remember it, it, it felt a bit weird. I remember once I saw, I would go through some corridors and I, I found kind of like a, a circular door out, and it was onto some kind of grass. And um, I um, thought, well, why am I on land here? Because, and this being came out and he saw me and he just looked at me and once again, the resonator and the words that came through were, Greg, you can leave whenever you want. You can even kill yourself, but we always have access to your power. And I thought, well, access to your energy. And I thought, well, that's pretty full on. And I remember um, I'd sort of try to tell people, you know, you know what, we're on a ship here. This is pretty weird. We've been pulled out. You know, it's not a particular nice vibration. And remember they feed us really well. They had massive tables. They had uh, nice cutlery, nice food. And I remember one time I was there, wasn't a conscious decision. I'd been going there a fair bit. Um, I could hear a cow being slaughtered in the next room. I stood up, I slammed the table, and I said to everyone, where next? And then I, when I went back, I was never invited back after that. I sort of, they sort of looked at me, the whites. And, um, it was a real feeling of through our kind of complicit unconsciousness, if you like, our energy, you know, it sounds negative out of context. It can sound very sinister, but I just think it's a recycling. So these energies are found a way of recycling um, our emotional energy, our, our kind of um, fear. Maybe? unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. They recycle that. So I, I didn't choose to go with that vibration again. So often when I'm sleeping and I'm listening for vibrations, so you practice just listening for vibrations, you know, like around you, imagine that you're listening when you're, when you're awake. And, and um, these vibrations come and, you, and, and then they, what I feel is these vibrations are actual beings. They're actually, well, think of the word. If something exists, it is. And therefore an is is a being. So a being is an is. So these vibrations are actual beings taking you out. So the actual so experience it might be is like, It might be like you pulling your, your, your students out. Like it, maybe they can feel you. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And, and often um, in the beginning, like I, um, the, the very first time I tried this was really funny. I, um, I was, I, I was in Munich at the time and I'd, I'd never actually been out in this reality. I'd been out, it was early on. I'd been out in other realities, but I want to be a ghost, you know, in this reality. So I practiced, you know, I, I sort of realized I was actually traveling. I thought, okay, wow, you can go in this reality as well. This is cool. And so I practice these exercises basically to imagine yourself pulling out, to imagine yourself being, you know, six feet above you and, you know, how it would feel to be in that body and just to hold that for a while. Nothing happened. I was doing this all night. So, you know, I'm pretty dogged. Uh, I was always crap at sleeping. So I just, I'm always, oh, I could never fall asleep as a kid. I never really understood how to fall asleep. So I don't mind doing stuff uh, when I'm lying there. So I just imagine doing this. Nothing happened. Then in the night, I get up to go to the loo and I'm walking to the loo in this hotel turn around, I see myself lying in bed, and I think, holy shit, I'm out of my body. This is fantastic. Um, and I'm disgusted by the physical form. This is an interesting one, too. A lot of people have said that when the first time you see your physical self, it's like you see all of the um, – oh, you kind of see the alleged limitations, you know, in the in the brow and the posture. You see the, you know, the, the sense that you have failed somehow, that we're, we're taught that 
You know, I don't know, there's this human notion that we've fallen, and it's interesting programming that. And you realize it's rubbish because you just feel absolutely sensational. So I'm out. I thought, I don't want anything to do with the body right now. And, and, and this woman walks through the room, and, I, and she's naked, and I say, you know, who are you? And she says, I'm from England, and keeps walking. I'm in a hotel. So I go through the wall, and it takes me a bit to actually summon the energy to get through because I think, how can I go through the wall? Eventually I get through the wall, I feel the wall, see these people lying in bed. This is the first time I saw astral bodies coming out of physical bodies. I take note of who is in these rooms because the next morning I want to verify it at breakfast, which I do because it's to see if the guests are Yeah, the same. yeah, good. A lot of these early experiences were verification. Then I find myself, uh, okay, I want to I pull my um, girlfriend out of her body back in Vienna, so I'm flying. I'm in the void. That's when I first did the OM. I'm thinking, whoa, this is huge. Then I'm flying over um, kind of the material realm. I, I'm stopped on uh, above um, the tall skyscraper. I'm just looking at it, going, I have no idea why I'm here. Then I'm in the wall of the apartment, and I'm and and Monica, is now my wife. She's stuck by me through all this. Um, I'm, I see her astral body. It's just sort of slightly out of sync with the physical, and I start to pull it out. And I say, Moni, you want to come for a fly? You know, and she's going, Yeah, sure. And she's kind of drunk. I start pulling it, and then it pulls back in. She goes, yeah, yeah, sure, and she goes back to sleep. I say, you want to come? Yeah, yeah, She keeps coming back to sleep. And um, when I've tried this on people I don't know, and I've gone into their rooms and tried to yank them um, out of their feet, by their feet, in the beginning I tried, I would even, I would shock people in this reality to see how they react, you know. I was wanting to see what went on. Once I was pulling someone out by their feet, and a being said to me, very nice person, very well-dressed, Good looking. I don't know what that's all about. Just said, Greg, don't do that. And um, when I would also scare people in this reality, like once this guy was coming out of church and I came down and went, boo, Allah, I said, Jesus, Jesus loves you or something ridiculous. And I wanted to see how they reacted. I noticed them stop and look around. And the guy said, the Greg's, stop doing that, will you? In a nice way, though. They're always the same dude, very nice. The same guy or different guys or just? Same dude. Yeah, this is the same dude. It was this blonde dude. Wow. Um, He's your guardian angel. Or, or, or well, they're like an angelic person. I look at him and go, "What? The, you look like Brad Pitt in that film." You know, sort of like that kind of thing. Like, I don't know, it's really Fight weird. Club. And um, so, <laughs> I found also that building that I was stopped over. Once again, a few days later, I see a newspaper, and it was um, the um, this skyscraper had just been built called the Millennium Tower in Austria, and that was exactly that was the they'd just been opened, and they took a photo from just above, and that was exactly the shot I saw. So. Wow, wow. It was verification, and often in the weirdest ways, like, why would you show them a skyscraper? You know, I guess it was showing me that I was in Vienna, you know. But it was often verification early on, you know, and um, um, even uh, I had um, – oh, just while we're talking experiences, one, one really pivotal early experience I had was, you know, I wasn't into past lives. I wasn't uh, – I was brought up a Catholic but not practicing from age 10 or something and not really into religion, but – I never really thought of it, uh, reincarnation, to be honest. I never hadn't not um, disbelieved it, but I just hadn't thought of it. But anyway, I'm, I'm going in the astral, and then I hear my voice. This is a classic one of my voice said, I want to see me. So I kind of, the vibrations come. I'm in the waiting room, if you like, with nothingness. And then all of a sudden I see me in front of me, as I was then um, a few years ago. And, and then the, the wind begins, and I get younger and younger like a slideshow. Then, um, at the yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I end up becoming a baby and, and disappearing. And there's this uh, old Chinese Mongolian guy, I just know he's Chinese Mongolian, and same thing, slideshow gets younger, uh, and the eyes stay in the same place throughout this whole process. 
goes. Then there's this African um, kind of medicine man. He's, he's right in my face and he's got wearing lots of stuff and he's like in his 30s. Um, getting younger, younger, gone. Then there's this ET, like really like sort of greeny, bluey dude, long face, freaky ass. Background is not Earth. And I just pull out of this because I'm thinking this is too much. I know I'm having some kind of astral thing. And as I pull out, I hear a voice say, intermission. And um, there, there is a bit of humor out there to help me through it. But that was the first realization that, that you know, someone once again – not long after, said to Greg, I think that was a past life thing. And I felt my whole body, and I, and I, I knew it. My body knew that, oh, wow, I've lived before. Yeah. And for me, that realization that I have actually lived before seemed to take a lot of the drama out of things. I thought, oh, okay. So a lot of my feelings of whatever drama I've been experiencing aren't necessarily all from this lifetime. And it seemed to shed a lot of stuff. Hard to explain why. Well, it's, just, it's... also probably the same reason why people have healing just through recognizing past lives. I mean, they don't even know yeah. why or how it happens, but a lot of these people will spend three yeah. or four hours in a session and just acknowledging that you had a past life somehow creates this healing effect. Um, I, 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 I wanted to ask you about technology and how that's benefiting it. We had a guy, we've had a couple of people from the UK on about astral traveling and out of body experiences and using um, devices like the Pandora star and all that. I noticed that's on your website and we had the guy over here. We tried it out yeah. here a couple times at, at the studio and um, the guy that runs our float tanks in Calgary there has, has a couple of them. So yeah. how's that been for people and yourself and, and is there any other technologies you're using to, to help people along the way? That's a good question. I think, um, or maybe we should just yeah, talk. Look, just mention what the Pandora Star is as well. That uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, it's a light machine, so basically strobing lights. Um, look, the, the, the first, I came upon this because you know three people in, in two days said, "Oh, have you heard about these lights?" I was talking about lights once again, and then then I contacted the guy in Australia who had him, and he, he knew I did astral traveling. He said, "Look, I'm in Brisbane next weekend. Can I come and stay at your place and experiment on you?" And I thought, okay. So. Um, how I found it, that my first experience with it was that, so it's like a strobe, just white lights, uh, very quick. And, and the whole notion is that um, brain's measured in hertz. Uh, you put a frequency near your brain that is of a certain frequency and your brain will vibrate in that frequency. So a little bit like, you know, um, if you play the guitar, you pluck an A string and yeah. someone else has got a guitar, the, their the A string will vibrate. Resonance, yeah. That's what this reality is built on. That, that's why programming is so effective. From 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 the, I keep on blaming that way. I guess the city's that way, mainstream. But um, but uh, what I found, um, this Pandora Star, um, the very first session I had, because I had about a twenty-minute session, and then in the evening, and then that night when I slept, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, um, you know, reasonably conscious when I sleep anyway. But what I found was it was like I was kind of cocooned. It was like I was at the at the gate of my own sleep, not allowing any anxiety in. So it was like I um, was watching over my mind as I slept, um, and I thought that fascinating. I thought that that's powerful. I thought I want to get me one of these, you know. So and I did. Um, so what I found is I, I let people because it's a, it's a tricky technology to kind of promote in many ways. So I'm kind of letting people experiment with it and. Um, I found um, it, yeah, it makes you very relaxed. Um, I think it's a workout for the brain. So I think the light is going in through closed eyes. And I think it, because of the different frequencies, I think certain parts of the brain are lighting up, which can't be a bad thing. So it's a little bit like if you 
you know, you go for a run, um, your body relaxes after having worked. So I think it kind of works the brain. Even I've even tried really hectic programs, really hectic, and then I still find I sleep better after it. So I think it's kind of a massage workout and a massage for the brain. I know there are, there are funnily enough, there are some programs for astral traveling. I haven't actually tried them yet, but um, um, I'll get more into that. I found people also have had positive whether or not they've actually experienced astral travel from a per se, um, I couldn't say too early. Um, you know, uh, so even with workshops, when I take people through meditation, some people go out of body during the, the workshop, but generally it's things they can take home so they can try. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go astral with a guided meditation going on. I, I need silence, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the way it works for me. So, but I think technology can play a role because, uh, um, once in an astral, um, I woke up in the astral and I'm looking through my brain and these laser lights are coming in and it's really loud, like a dentist drill. I'm going, this is freaky, like bzzz, and I see these lights coming, I think this is freaky. Then all of a sudden, there's this little screen fitted and I see the four corners and these little weird kind of hieroglyphs that are not, seemed very ET going in the right corner of that. And then I'm showed all of these weird objects and I remember someone made a noise and I, I woke up in this reality. But I remember thinking, wow, there's a, there, there was definitely a feeling of um, ET technology interacting with my brain. Um, I felt I was walking around. Um, I'd often pop up in the astral. Once I popped up in Canada in Vancouver, just popped up quite high looking over. The, I could see the mountains and I could see the, the city. And it was like I was a probe and I realized that, um, there are certain beings who were kind of seeing through through me, and um, it, it, it can it can sound sinister out of context. But if you if a lot of people, what I feel is if you just face the reality of one's experience, what I feel more and more is when I've tried taking people out of body against their will, I get told not to do it. When the people are taken onto spaceships, when they have a lot of astral experiences, or you, often you're taken out of body. These beings are able to kind of wake us up, move us into vibrational spaces. They've obviously had a hand in our creation. That's my feeling. Um, that's where I get into this notion that we are kind of a form of artificial intelligence. The fact that you can put a frequency on a light and that your brain will match that frequency. I mean, yeah. Couldn't that yeah, also ends. mean it's all a simulation D- digital, or some yeah. sort of yeah, holographic or hard, yeah, dri- yeah, yeah. hard drive? More and more, I think so. I think if you Uh-oh. take the emotional <laughs> equation out of it, if you take because it's so real in the astral, this just isn't real. I, I'm not belittling it. Like I, I see, I see this reality as a game. I see it as a game of energy, um, where to be as congruent with yourself as you can be and live in a congruent environment as you can be. You know, um, not for the sake, as I said, of, of goody goody, but just for the sake of being congruent with your own energy and relating to people who are. You know, in an authentic way, I guess, you know, and yeah, um, yeah. like a literal game, that, like we're souls here playing, yeah, yeah. And I and look, I think, look, if we get to the nitty gritty of that, I think, um, um, we, we can leave this game, um, uh, like even these two guides who have hung around with me and gotten older in, in earth years, these two astral guides who are so early on were telling me stuff about myself that they they were ex humans, um, like. I even know myself that that I kind of chose to come back this lifetime, not not so much to wake up, but just to 
to to help others do a bit of stuff as well, you know, and to do stuff in the astral and this kind of stuff. So it's taken the drive out of it. Like I'm not, I'm generally not as pissed off with things uh, as I was. And I think um, we, we've got to, we are preparing for death. I mean, even my higher self showed me my own death. It was really weird. I went, I'm in the astral and I heard my, um, my, my higher self say, um, I wanted to see my own death. Is that the blonde guy? And no, this was someone else. Okay. This was like, that was my my own voice saying, "I want to see my own death." And um, it was fascinating. I um, hang on, I just um, one second. Hang, hang on, um, one one second. No problem. Sure. Yeah. So um, can you hear me now? Yeah. 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 You bet. Um, so, so, and then I'm lying on this, like, it was like a hotel room, it felt like, and, I, and I'm lying on the floor going, what's going on? I'm in the body that, you know, it was this carnation, and, and I can't move, I'm trying to pull myself up, and there's all this blood, and I'm drowning in blood, and I think, okay, geez, my heart's going crazy, and I'm going, whoa, I'm dying. <laughs> and it was um, like, a, like a literal um, experience of, 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 you know, corporal death, you know, and, and um, I just allowed myself to drown in my blood, and it was, it was okay, you know, and... I remember, I remember coming back into my physical self and my heart wasn't beating. So it's like the, the astral uh, chakra heart is beating, but the physical heart wasn't. So it was like, um, I guess it, you could say it's like losing the fear of death, or you could be losing ego, death, whatever, but it was very much shown as this lifetime. And I think that, um, yeah, so once we get over the, the genuinely fear, the fear of death, we kind of then, I think, kind of get over the fear of life, you know, to sound a bit glib, you know, and, and kind of just enjoy um, act, the actual 3D existence is actually very beautiful. I'm not, not talking about the, the, the pseudo 3D experience of what is overlaid in the programs, but the actual 3D experience, like the, the world that is around us is a very beautiful place and very empowering. I think that's where a lot of people can get their energy from. Like behind you, it looks wonderful. <laughs> well, that's actually a picture. <laughs> that's beautiful. But uh, so, have you ever? Th- I mean, with with all your chances of of corroborating experiences and and almost you know being able to to bring evidence to this, and and now that you're training people and you're waking people up, I mean, how how much does real evidence play? Like, or do you do you feel like you have to? Or that you have an opportunity to change the dogmatic paradigm that we're in by providing more evidence to people or to scientific uh, researchers? Or, I mean, is that just naturally happening with others like yourself and, and you guys just sort of waking people up sort of more from the ground level? Do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. I, th- I think so. Um, yeah, more and more, I'm, I'm kind of not interested in proving anything. I mean, so well, once again, I'm... I'm uh, I'm very much acting from how it feels, what what I what I wish to do. So, uh, for instance, uh, while that does prove itself, though, a really great experience was um, a few years ago. Um, my wife has a, a leg injury from when she was a kid. It was sort of squashed by a truck, and they had to put it back together. And surprisingly, the, it sat on her, her body and can function. But anyway, she had a lot of pain in her shin and knee. And um, I said, "Can I try something tonight? I'm going to go astral." Um, here in this realm and 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 call for healing because as a healer I thought well I should try this yeah. and um, so eventually I get out of, my, out of my body and I'm hovering above her and I can see her astral body there and stuff and I think okay um you know I, you don't really have to be that bright in the astral I 
it knows the intention. So yeah. the, the, it was just feeling of um, healing from the cosmos. I don't know what that is. Anyway, I, I expected something from above because often when you do symbols and stuff, there's there's you know, symbols are really powerful. You know, you think of all the symbols in advertising. So um, this. I thought energy would come from above. Now, from below her, from her astral leg, there was this incredible, it was like a hole had been, and it's light just shone out of her leg. You know, this energy just went boom, straight out of her leg. And I thought, holy. And then her astral body went into a physical body, and she woke up, and I woke up because my astral body was shocked in her physical. So it was kind of good being, to be in the same room to corroborate this. Yeah, yeah. Now, what had happened was, what had happened was immediately a little hole had opened up on her knee. For the next year, um, calcified scar tissue was was taken out of this hole. It had formed like little bones almost. Scar tissue had been causing her pain for years. Then after a year, this thing closed over and the pain subsided. Now, that was immediate, <laughs> immediate in this reality. Um, and it also, like the notion of healing, like a lot of people would choose to go through that. It was, you know, she wasn't too impressed at having a hole in her knee for a year. But <laughs> it, you know, defined healing. Um and so, you know, you've got to be careful what you ask for, huh? So, but it was a feeling of immediate. There was an immediate, what I feel in this realm, in the 3D realm, it's very scattered. The mind is very scattered, very unfocused. So, so higher realms, higher aspects of ourselves literally can't hear us. Uh, I think that's why you have all the traditions of prayer and mantras, phys, um, verbal mantras are very good to go into the astral as well, just saying something again and again and again. And, um, it was a, it's a feeling of like if you can carry that intention through through as I said just through those realms and, and go into the realms beyond sleep, beyond the veil, then then you kind of get immediate answers because it's beyond time. So um, another experience I've got to tell you about, which was really amazing, I um, where I experienced levitation in in a physical in this reality, that that really blew my mind as to what reality we're living in and how this reality is a lot more playful than we think. This reality, there's a lot, there's a lot more purchase uh, energetically than we think. And um, I'd I'd gone surfing. Um, I like to go surfing, and we're Danny Torquay, um, near where they're having the the bells competition now. And um, and I, I knew some bad was going to happen. I even said to my wife, I said, "Look, it's a beautiful sunny day, perfect weather, but I can feel something weird, weird, weird coming. But will we go? Let's go." Went down there first wave. I got. This camping ground, and and I felt this really strange step in the wave. My leg slipped, and I felt a, a rip in the knee. And so I'm in, I'm in pretty soon to the hospital, and pretty soon lying that night, uh, leg uh, wrapped up on crutches, being told I'd have to have an op in six weeks um, because something had torn. And I remember the doctor was a cool dude, and he said to me, um, "I said so. You, that's it." And he just said, he looked at me and just said, "Who knows." It was kind of cool, you know. He was one of those young doctors, you know, a surfer, a bit open. He just I remember that kind of opened a door in my mind. I remember thinking, who knows, it's interesting, rather than just a prognosis, which is kind of good. That night it felt it felt right to, to lie to – I was lying on my back because I couldn't turn over. And I remember I had a mantra, and this can help people with mantra. And my mantra at that time was I'd, I'd, I'd been exploring the notion of what is this reality. We have a perfect template um, at all times, and it was it was, felt very real. So I remember my mantra was, "I deny the illusion of my injured knee and give thanks for my perfect health." That felt right for me. You know, some people they call that deny denial of reality. It doesn't feel right, then don't use it. At that time, that felt right. That wording. Can you say that again? Just uh... 
Yep. I deny the illusion of my injured knee and give thanks for my perfect health. So my intention was to go astral for something to happen. I don't know. And I would say that mantra again and again, because what, what you hope for is mantras go sort of gobbledygook, but after a while, when you fall asleep, you, you might take that intention with you into the non-logical realms. So it's the non-logical realms that you want to go into, the, the realms of uh, no condition. You know, the gravity does that, all this rubbish we're programmed with. And so um, I did that all night. Um, nothing happened. I wake up, keep doing it. I just keep repeating. I'm relentless. Uh, like a bull terrier, you know, with the mantra in its mouth, just kept saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it. And um, beyond dawn now, it was light. I just thought, okay, it's light here. Nothing's happened. I didn't go astral. Bugger, because it generally happens before dawn. Then I kind of um, catapulted myself onto my stomach, which was um, difficult to do. Then I felt the vibrations come. I thought, hang on, I'm awake here. Wife's next to me. I'm in the tent. It's light. You know when you're awake physically. The vibrations sound like a bull roar. I don't know if you've ever heard a bull roar. They use them on to muster animals. It's like a like a really loud kind of vibration, like a yeah, thick whip going around. Really loud vibrations. Then I hear my higher voice. Um, I can't be judgmental. I heard my higher voice say the Lord's Prayer, would you believe, which I couldn't recite mm-hmm. in as now and i'm thinking well later on i thought lord's prayer i guess there are a lot of people with um um an intention that is pure perhaps over the centuries with that anyway every time it got to on earth as in heaven it would repeat those two lines and keep saying the lord's prayer so i had two of my voices overlaying itself one saying the complete lord's prayer over and over and the other one just saying on earth as in heaven on earth as in heaven i'm not a religious person <laughs> um and uh, not consciously, you know. So, yeah, anyway, what happened then was the vibrations got very loud and then my body was lifted off my mat and turned over and I was freaking out. I was totally awake and I'm thinking, oh, my, my. I'm being lifted up. I can feel my weight lift. I'm totally awake. Put down all these, I feel all these um, action on my knee, a lot of like fingertips, and I feel something about to yank my feet, but I'm awake and I'm freaking out, and I just scream out. You know, I'm just thinking, no, 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 not, not, not this. A bit of a wimp at the time. Um, I'd never had an astral experience during a, a wake, wake, wakefulness. And um, the upshot was, in, in, in about a week, I, I was mowing the lawn, and I let go of the mower, you know, I could, I could walk, and I uh, didn't have to have an op, and my mm. crutches went away soon. I was playing squash before I knew it. So I'd done something. Something had happened. Um, to my mind, miraculous um, or against uh, what the medical profession said. So, and it was definitely related to that feeling. So, and, and it will also, once again, see, this only by proving. I don't necessarily feel the need um, to prove things so much to, to others. It's more, what, where can I go with this? And having gone down that, um, you know, work as, a, as an energy healer, so I'm, I'm sort of thinking, well, where can I go with that as a, as a healing modality as well? So, um, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, it reminds me of some of the lucid dreaming healing that we we talked to Robert Wagner like a few years ago now, oh. and it was just fascinating because it was really, to me, again, evidence that you know that something can happen in these other realms that that affect your physical you can body. Get shit I mean, done, in the yeah, other you get realms, shit yeah. done with enough focus and intention <laughs> and and mantras. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a good title to a course. <laughs> 
Let's uh, go. Depending. We can actually. Yeah. Get no, you can. That. You go ahead. Yeah, you could have that. You keep that. that. Okay. Thank yeah. you very much. Because, but you know, you're right. Um, it just doesn't have the wishy-washiness. And I, I tell you, I tell you, um, that's what I mean by losing emotional charge. Really, for me, it was a choice of when I recognised that that was more real or closer to, to you know, what is reality, but a truer reality because stuff gets done. Um, and this reality is, is pretty slow. I even analyse my mind when I come back. It's pretty fragmented. And, um, you know, I've got to tell you another weird thing that happened um, a few years ago to, to help that fragmented mind. I was meditating, um, and then all of a sudden I felt a tweak in the back left of my brain. Something really weird happened. And I went out to my wife and said, look, something, something freaky's happened. And she said, what? I said, I, I can't. I can't speak. I don't. I don't know the names of people in my family. I couldn't put one sentence together, and um, I was still doing a bit of music at that stage as well, doing Reiki, but still. Doing, it was before I'd come out astrally, and I remember I'd I would rehearse all the names of people I would see that day, all of my colleagues, family members. I couldn't enter into conversation, and I was a real chatterbox. Like I was a I was a clown, a bit still, and um, still a bit of a clown. But I. Um, I couldn't have one conversation with the person because I couldn't think of the word by the I couldn't think of the word by the time the conversation had gone. So my 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 brain couldn't grab at things. And um, a couple of years ago, I had an MRI because I got concussion, and they actually analysed that part of the brain. They said no, there, there was no lesions. You had no stroke. So it was something that was. And then someone said to me, Greg, I think that that's that is a um, a trade off for astral awareness. And I thought, well, that's interesting because what I found was the narrator just disappeared. So what I mean by that is there's nothing going on. Um, there's no background noise. So I found it easier to uh, meditate because the chatter even now as I talk to you, yeah, even in the gaps as I talk to you, there's nothing going on. So I found my, my um, I took a while to rewire, like I call oranges tomatoes, and that was one of the reasons I wrote my book on astral travel. I simply found myself in Spain with a bit of time and I thought what I'll do is I'll get from one end of the sentence to the other end and I'll be forced to fill it out. And I thought, well, what do I want to, what do I want to write about? I'll write about my astral experiences because I, I hadn't written them down. Now, that is pretty freaky way. If that, if that is pushing me to do that, uh, that, that is something that you wouldn't um, write a screenplay for because it was it was at the time quite challenging because I, I literally could not have a conversation. Yeah, that's um, funny. I heard of uh, I just finished a book a few months ago by the creator Dilbert Scott Adams, and he kind of oh, had the same yes. thing where he just fucking he snapped did. into this, and it ended up being I, spasmatic dys, dysphonia or something like that. And he ended up, oh. they kind of told him he wasn't going to be able to beat it or something like that. And he sort of did the, he was, he beat it himself after they this, gave him kind of very a, similar with intention, yeah, with and, intention and repetition and repetition. And, and, yeah. 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 I, I, I haven't researched it. I haven't met people with that, but I mean, I tell you it was, um, I, I'd say it's probably the same. I think it is energetic. I mean, at the time I thought, because because that that offshoot of not having the narrator, therefore I would say it was a good thing. Um, it, it took me a long time though to get the gears working. So it, the gears work in a different way now. So I even found a lot of people said, "Oh, you know, even the way I wrote in my book was kind of more poetic than I would normally write." And I think it 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 probably has changed the way I've related with words. But um, it was at the time pretty trying, you know, pretty troubling uh, to operate in this realm when you. 
You know, you just couldn't find words. But you now, just couldn't find them. But now when you look back, I mean, it, maybe it's so important to, to how you articulate things now and how you're just a fascinating person to have a conversation with and, and your workshops. And I mean, it's almost as if that had to happen for you to get to the next level of, of, uh, of teaching or something. I would say so, I, I, because I, when, as I said, when I got concussion a couple of years ago, which lasted about nine months, which I attended as nine months, wasn't good, but I did, I, I'm not, you know, doc, doc, uh, the medical profession is good for, for putting it together again. Um, so yeah, yeah. I was reluctant to get an MRI. I was reluctant to get an MRI, but I wanted to see if there'd been damage from the concussion. And um, so I was, it was interesting. And they really, because they were interested in that story, this particular doctor I trusted, I said, look, this is, this happened years ago. And they had a good look at, I know where it happened. You know, I felt it in my brain. And um, she um, said, no, it definitely was not a lesion or, or a, um, or a, a um, you know, what do you call it? <laughs> yeah, an embolism or like a, uh, what did you call Tumor. it? Nothing yeah. like that. So, yeah. 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 So there was nothing physical. So that kind of, I thought, then I really did think, okay, um, obviously led that way. And, and even, I tell you, it's funny, when I was the last, because I used to be a conductor and it was, when I started having these astral experiences, I, I was still working in that profession, and it's a very ego-driven profession. Um, you you kind of have to be, and I, it was really difficult because I found myself speaking to people of influence all of a sudden saying my truth. People go, Quinn, why did you say that? Do, that? do you realize how important that dude is? And I thought, oh, shit, what did I just say to that person? And I couldn't help it. I know it was really weird. It was like the telepathy just... Um, I started being authentic in environments that weren't necessarily diplomatically uh, appropriate to yeah. be authentic in. Yeah, yeah. Like really authentic. Like, yeah. oh, that kind of. And the last time I conducted, I never forget, I, I thought, just get through this concert, just do it. And, and something grabbed my arm. And I remember, you, you've got to control this orchestra, you know. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm, I'm conducting away, and then I'm feeling my arm being pulled this way, and then I'm thinking, and I'm just sweating. I'm thinking, just get through the damn thing, just survive, you know, and I, I don't have control of my limbs. I've got to, it's like another, like other forces were turning me in a direction. And I remember when I, um, oh, it was about, oh, 16 years ago when I made the decision to go in the, the direction of kind of toward energy and consciousness. And I had a, a, an opportunity to sort of go to Italy for music. I remember thinking, okay, I've got this other opportunity. What do I do? I remember thinking, what am I more interested in? What, what, what fascinates me more? I've done all this training my whole life in music. I'm prepared for this career. Here's, a, here's a, maybe a, you know, a golden opportunity, and, and or, or do I want to go in? And I just thought, look, you know, it was kind of taken out of my hands. It was very much, for me, once again, it sounds cliche, but it really was a, a sensation of surrender. So it was a feeling of, look, I've got to go with this. This, this external forces, you know, and at that stage I was being visited by ETs and all sorts of weird shit was happening at home. My wife would say, you, you, you're getting those ETs, but I don't want, alien, I don't want aliens in the house tonight. I do not want aliens in the house tonight. It was like um, pretty funny, pretty funny time. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. So if you're a Grammy, you'd be saying you do want aliens in the house yeah. tonight. Is that <laughs> well, I'm not quite. I'm not quite that level yet, so... Uh, you know what makes us scared of them? When when I saw myself as a really weird looking one, and when I when I realized that, oh, you know, holy shit, I was actually an alien just a few lifetimes ago. It made, it made more sense to me, and <laughs> yeah. it made my my disassociation with this reality make more sense as well. Um, you know, I know that can be, you could, you know, on a, on a psychoanalytical level, you could say that's a co certain cop out, but not really. You you feel it on a cellular level, this feeling of 
oh, you know, and there's a vibration within me that is that is not of this planet, and and that this makes sense, you know, and and um, it's kind of it's kind of like a detachment that starts to form over time that you're kind of not just kind of watching your drama unfold. And, and therefore, because you have that split second reaction time, what, how I take it is that my astral body, your astral body is actually can be always awake. So it's like a preemptive body. It's around your physical body. Um, I think it's related to the fifth sense or the sixth sense, whatever they call it. Yeah. So it's your preemptive body. So it exists before the physical, not the other way around. So physical body is just the, the, the last port of call. Like a layer you, or you know? something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it... it 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 exists before my physical. I'll feel things in the astral before I feel them in the physical. So the, the trick is to honor that and, um, yeah, to to be detached so that um, it just doesn't get the drive. And I've just found, as I said, I keep on harping about the emotional body, but I find we're more and more, it doesn't mean, there's feelings and there's emotions. There's feelings that derive just from being, like, you, you know, like the feeling with that, uh, that monster when when I just felt the empathy it was it, it came from feeling rather than an intellectual concept of how I should feel. So yeah, yeah. I, I, w- I would I would pro if I were to you know it's just semantics in the end. But if I were to group emotions separately to feelings, I would say emotions don't support you. They're based on condition. Um, because of that, this happens. Or like you're a little kid. Oh, I'll, you know, uh, clean up your room, be a good little boy, and I'll show you my love. Yeah, like this is that is kind of like. A distortion of what love really is because it's based on the condition. So, yeah, but it's it's it, like another Buddhist principle, like non-attached appreciation. You know, it's that equanimity and the yeah, non-attached appreciation where you're kind of detaching yeah. with love from things. You know, and 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 leaving that yeah. sort of emotional conditioning aside. Yeah, or, yeah. I, I think so, and I think that this whole state. That's what I mean by this being the playground for the astral. So in this reality, the reality of three D. I'd say to those who are listening and want to have astral experiences, just kind of. Keep feeling into yourself. I mean, more and more, I feel invisible. And it sounds weird, but I feel kind of invisible. Like even as I'm talking to you, and my my experience of the world is is kind of this you in front of me, yeah. not this. And at the same time, it's this that is experiencing that. So it's like you're experiencing through the prism, as in prism and not prison. Yeah, that's that. That's <laughs> prison is duality. Uh, prism is is what we are. So. I think more and more duality is dead in the water. I think this notion of good and evil, once you recognize it for what it is, is dead in the water. I think karma is dead in the water. I think karma feeds certain beings, feeds certain processes. I think there are RETs and humans conspiring to keep us in this karmic stream. And I think um, we can move out of that stream. Nice. I think that's why we're here. I think we, I really believe we can move out of it. And part of it is to let the anger go, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I hit a red punching bag for a long time. A yeah. long time I was hit a red punching bag yeah. a long time, seeing a lot of faces, a lot of things. You've got to, you've got to let it go. Just yeah. do what you need to. That's a, that's an amazing, I mean, that's really like an amazing summary. I love the way you've articulated that. And, and uh, so I guess if people, People can check out your your website, and they can. Are you still doing like physical seminars and training and stuff in in Australia? Like, and then and yeah, then yeah. Uh, yeah, people can read your stuff on your site as well and your book. I mean, there's all kinds of resources, right? That's right. There are, and I'm even putting together an online course. Um, oh yeah. So because a lot of people are saying, "Can you do an online course?" So I'm doing putting together a pretty good one. Like um, 
like a membership thing where people it's not so much and then they got access to all these videos and mp3s i just figure just get it down where people can see it yeah when are you gonna um, when are you gonna have that ready then i already hope in the next month can you um, can you let like for sure let us know and i'll get we'll get a, oh, yeah. a group of us to do it you know together oh for sure because, like, for sure. It's, because it's really you've really yeah. inspired me to to get a little bit more spiritual and and focus oh, on good. this stuff a little bit more yeah that's great now look i, I think that's great I think, and then also just <laughs> well you know it's why not you go in the ass will say lose weight you know i mean anything can happen i just think um just to lose the fear of it, I just to to recognize any program of fear that comes in, you know, and and often like, like often I'll, I'll even look at a like a, a what would be an uplifting TV show, right? Like a good show, like a show that's positive, and I'll feel um, sometimes this level of anxiety, and and this is when I was researching all this um, conspiracy. What I found was that the Americans, when they first put in, uh, when they first got the TV up up and running, the whole idea of television was as um, a commercial um, prospect, it was to make money. And um, so they actually patented a certain signal that is still in TVs today. I'm not sure if it's so much in, um, it doesn't feel like it's in some of the um, streaming things, but on actual TV. And it's a, it was a certain uh, um vibration a certain frequency to make you stressful because they worked out that if you were kind of on edge you're more likely to respond to the advertising yeah so M music too know, i think i think music was absolutely. made with that too yeah 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 so like what i what i kind of urge everyone and, and myself to do is just even if something like even if you just pick something up and look at it and just don't feel good, they put it down. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. And it doesn't mean you're, you're putting your head in the sand and ignoring everything. It just means you're just not that that frequency, that program. It's that not resonating. There, like know? really, literally not resonating. Literally. So anything that helps you not resonate with it. So, you know, I've got a lovely crystal bowl I, I use. I've got, you know, uh, whatever tools feel right for you. And um, I'm in the end where we're sovereign entities. You know, no one can mess with you. Yeah. Um, you're a sovereign entity, so it, it's it, it is all I feel an aspect of our own doing on a higher level. Like we're kind of having a bit of a chuckle, um, pulling ourselves out of this murky water bit by bit. I think if you realise you've got a hand in it, because as I said, these beings that can take us out of body and 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 um, outwardly do things to our energy bodies and physical bodies. Obviously, they have a very good knowledge of our systems, and so ostensibly they, they they've got permission to do that because they've got a hand, as I said, in our DNA. Yeah. So um, if you so then you've got to realize, okay, you know, as we would do if we've got, you know, playthings on a certain level. But I mean, we're we're waking ourselves up, and and as I said, I I genuinely there are beings up there that seem to know a lot more, seem to be helping me to wake up and and others to wake up, but. So it is a situation that is rigged in our favor. It's it's rigged in our favor. It's just a, it's a question of shrugging off the illusion and and kind of getting out of the dualistic um, paradigm. And it's it's a kind of a bit of fun to discover that and to realize it's all. And that's why the vampires have to ask before they come in. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and then you think, okay, as I said, though, they're sucky by like how why was I letting them in and. And like there are the other day, I, I I thought I was an astral, just lying there thinking, oh yeah, I should go to sleep soon. I look across and there's this woman floating above my wife, not only but not wasn't a good energy, and she sees me, and she goes out the 
she goes out the, the the wall and my wife wakes up and I said, what were you experiencing then? She said, I was just having a nightmare. Yeah. Now, in a nightmare, she wasn't seeing this person, but this this being was had playing a role. Causing it. Uh, or, yeah. Manipulating some kind of it. Or, yeah. Some kind of manipulation going on. So I, I will always welcome that. Like when I set up this vortex around this chair that I use, this astral chair, and I, I set up this intentional vortex for astral connection, I felt I felt this smash of glass and this woman's voice scream out. I just thought, yeah, baby, bring it on. Anything, yeah. for me, anything that gets that kind of invisible realm start coming through is exciting. Yeah. You know, uh, it's there to wake us up. It's only there to wake us up. It's yeah. only there to wake That's us up. That's so interesting. Yeah. That's so, I, I like got, it. Yeah, we got to get people to change that that thought, that paradigm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know that. Absolutely. I, lo- I love the way you say that. Where you are, it is, you know, tilted in our favor. That's right. It is. I, I sincerely believe that. You know. Yeah. Well, a couple hours has just flown by here. Wow. Um, I have no idea of the time. How we? Oh, it's it's been <laughs> it's great. been one of my absolute favorite chats. Yeah, man. no, it's, it's been, been great. Oh, so cool talking to you guys. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, yeah, please, please keep in touch when uh, when your online course comes out. And, and uh, we'll, we'll oh, put, for sure. Yeah, Where we'll, can our listeners track you down in the meantime? Okay, so if they, if they Google Greg Doyle Astral, my website is www.gregdoyleastral.com. So something stuff will come up, and I've got the book there. I think... Over there, you can buy. You can get the book over there on on um, Amazon and bookstores will get it for you. So, but um, I've got also I've got Canadian. I wonder. Um, um, I've had uh, like I do Skype sessions with people too who want to seems to help people. So people can also look online because okay. all around the world, people yeah, seem yeah. to really love this stuff which is which is oh, great yeah. you know? it's, it's, it's waking people up man it's it's awesome Pete, are, are you traveling around at all to north america and i and do the... well i will look i haven't I, the funny thing is i mean brisbane's a kind of sleepy area but i, I think <laughs> i do regular events here and there seem to be so many people interested i go down to melbourne i got something in sydney but i i haven't been offshore with it yet but i will um um set something up i mean i'll i, I will uh, I, as i said i only just started doing workshops um in the last kind of few years um so i'm kind of refining things so i will i will i will come over there at some stage and um yeah it'd be good good to to travel uh, travel more abroad and and share this stuff absolutely yeah, yeah for sure that's great yeah. and if yeah, not yeah. in the meantime we can meet astrally on like easter <laughs> island pull me you have permission that's to right. pull me out by my feet by my arms however you can get to what? me just throw that intention it'll out happen there. anyway it'll just happen anyway keep it on your dreams pull me <laughs> out yeah something. Yeah. You guys aren't pulling me out. <laughs> you guys can both come and you guys can each grab you're, a leg. You're but... too, you got to stop the smoking. You don't dream. You're too much of that weed. I'm probably, <laughs> the world's probably better off if I just stay out of the astral realm for now. <laughs> Could be mayhem. That's right. Exactly. Nothing wrong with a bit of mayhem, I tell you. <sighs> uh, wow. Well, that was, that was amazing. That time just flew by, Greg. A huge yeah, thanks for, for coming on the show. Yeah. And, oh, thanks uh, for asking. Yeah. Yeah, let I us know it. when those, that stuff too. stuff pops, and we'll we'll uh, we'll send Graham through the course and see, um, how, yeah, see how he yeah. turns yeah, out. I'm the guinea pig here, so absolutely, no, absolutely, that that'd be good. Just gives more time and just takes you yeah. through steps. Yeah, so it's yeah. good fun putting awesome. together. It's good fun putting together, actually. Right on. All right, Greg, thanks a lot okay. for coming well, on, buddy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, really appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. Okay, Enjoy what's Thank left you of your day. Okay, take care. Bye. Yeah, okay. You too. Okay, see you. Bye. That was our chat with. Mr. Wow. Greg Doyle, what'd you think, buddy? Mind blowing. That could be my 
all-time favorite app. Ooh, you got a new all-time favorite? It, no, seriously. Really? I'm fucking just, just enthralled. Be, really? Yeah. You're just loving it, I could tell. I'm uh, just fucking but loving it. I'm inspired. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I mean, I, he just, like, That's I don't know. Good. Sometimes they just make sense. No matter, even if they sound crazy, they just make sense. Like, the way he articulates it, and maybe I've been through enough, like, almost getting there that I understand what maybe could be next or something. I don't know. It's almost just weird. getting there. Yeah, almost. Brings you back to blue balls. <laughs> no such thing. Can you get blue balls with astral travel? Maybe you can you get got, rid like, of them. astral travel blue balls? Maybe you can get rid of them. Because you've been so travel. close and you can't lose a dream and you can't astral travel. Oh, you just got like, astral you've blue got balls. astral blue balls. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. That's why you've been I'm so angry I'm denying them in real life. You but just I need really to get astral. astral. And once you get astral, you're just going to blow your wad. <laughs> astral. But I'm going to do it with equanimity. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Fuck, that Sorry, was mind-blowing. That was mind-blowing. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. a great No, one. I, honestly, I'm inspired to, to like, because it makes me think that really meditating is, is part of the key of being able to focus, whether that's your mantra or point of focus meditation or even mindfulness will help you get there. But all that's important. I think it's important uh, key along the way. There you have it, guys. So check out Greg's website and check out his work and sign up for his course when it comes up and you'll be a pupil alongside Graham. Graham will be your schoolmate. I'll pull you out from the feet. You can try. If you pull me out, I might slap you. Yeah. Then we'll both wake up. Um, yeah, big thanks to Greg. Uh, I guess it was morning over there. Afternoon. I was thinking about what time it was over there, but I just thought I'm not even going to worry about it. Yeah, it's, time no, it's earlier. It's illusion. much earlier there than it is here. Time is illusion. I like how he confirms your, you know, like your, your, it fits in with your paradigm as well with the digital universe and the simulated stuff right there you go bingo bango and speaking of digital universe head over to grimerica.ca slash support in the digital universe and sign up to send us some digital currency so that we can pay our digital bills so they don't shut off our digital feed yeah right on buddy and we can Thanks. keep having these uninterrupted digital conversations yep. onto yep. your digital devices ground really has to pee right now <laughs> <laughs> so what else you got buddy uh, nothing. I'm in. I'm interested. I'm getting. I want to get into the chats, and I, I know I can see. But you're a couple all excited. Things you're excited, and about. you have to pee at the same time. I can hold the pee. Can you? But you can't hold the excitement. That's good. Reinvigorated at episode 279, yeah, 281. Not including black budget. Got to throw that caveat in all the well, time. Well, yeah. I mean, we're over 300, right? With the black budget. Plus the. I don't know, more, where there's a bunch of apps that didn't get counted to, like all the paradigm ones. And they didn't get counted? I think they did. Not any app counts. Yeah, no, they they're did. just shit shows. What? I do the numbering of the episodes. How did you know? You didn't count those? They were good, like, fifth, they're We didn't even start episodes. numbering the episodes till 101. And it turns out that at 101, we're actually on like 113 or something like that if you counted the paradigm. Think so. I think we counted them. <sighs> Go count. Okay. Let me know what you come up with. <laughs> give, give, give me just because you've you've already just put you're just putting in the caveat because you messed up a couple numbers along the way. No, you know, I know because I just had to go through a number of them all to get on Alexa. Oh, did you? Oh, we're supposed to talk about being on Alexa. Alexa, we're on Alexa, play the Grand America show, the G show, the G. What? She couldn't figure out Grand America. Are Alexa, you serious? Alexa, Alexa, play the G show episode 142. Grams of schmuck. The G show. <laughs> yeah. What else? That what would you go sexual. with? I don't know. 
gray America? If it doesn't have America, it's not going to have grammar. So it doesn't have words that aren't real? Maybe we could have just been the America show. Alexa doesn't go by sound and phonics. It's not. just like, it, it, it has really, to be in the It really does dictionary. give you a pretty good idea of where the cutting edge of technology is at. <laughs> at least you on the shorten, level. You have yeah. to shorten We had to go to the G show. In 2018, <laughs> we had to go to the G show. <laughs> I was wondering why you are doing that weird G show thing earlier. Yeah. Could have called it the G spot. Then we don't want we don't want the traffic that we're gonna get with the podcast called the G Spot. Maybe we do. Probably do better, but maybe less donations. I don't know if that's possible. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. One, two, three, two, two, three, three, two. You fussy. Come around won't be enough. Come on and get me, I'm homesick and I'm bored.